here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to wrestling omakase episode number 58 and this week i am very pleased to be joined by returning guest mr tanner tanner how you doing oh i'm i'm doing well happy to be back uh, i had a lot of fun doing the draft last time uh i was here so i'm uh, i'm happy to to be here so um this week we're talking a very different topic than what i originally planned i had originally planned on doing a g1 final episode but for a number of reasons, we're not doing that today. Um, first and foremost being Tetsuya Naito. <laughs> I mean, look, I was at I was at Otakon this past weekend. So, um, you know, basically my, my goal is always to watch the matches that were really important, the matches that decide each block, and then go back and watch the rest later and then do an episode on it. But the... Not only the fact that Naito was eliminated, but the way I found out he was eliminated, the very stupid way, where if you go onto the website the morning of Saturday, you know, not that it wasn't that long after the show ended, like 10 a.m. probably Eastern. The you the first thing you see is a giant splash graphic with like 
tomorrow, <laughs> Tanahashi Ibushi. Like, oh. So not only did you destroy me with this Naito bullshit, but you did it in a way that, in the dumbest way possible, where I had to find out via splash graphic before I even got the chance to watch anything. So I just felt like my my opinions on the G1 matches would be, first of all, very biased by the fact that I'm really, really bitter about uh, the way they treated Naito this year. And maybe someday I just do like a Naito bitch episode. Where I just come on with like... I mean, we okay. could do that. <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> like, we're just so fucking sick of their shit with him. And I've been like having it out with people in the in the VOW Slack for, for days about this. And just... I mean, not that I, don't ha- I have some allies there too, but also... Also, some enemies, <laughs> but like, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just fucking really sick of New Japan shit, and I never went back. I, I should say sick of ghetto shit, and I never went back and rewatched the other G1 matches. And I just don't fucking. I mean, I will, prop, I'm, I will for like completeness' sake, but I just don't feel like doing it right now, <laughs> and I don't feel like doing a big episode about it. So, I was just like, what makes me happy? Uh, one of the things that makes me happy in pro wrestling is. Pro wrestling Noah, specifically the early days of Noah, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And Tanner was nice enough to come on, and uh, it was actually Skyler that set this up, who who just said that you'd be a, gr- a good uh, guest to have on here. Yeah, so. it's weird that people see me as like a guy that knows stuff about Noah because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I didn't know shit until like five years ago. Until I really started like diving into like Noah's history and stuff, so it's weird. Under, well, you have to understand, five years ago was longer than some of the people been watching at all. So, oh sure, no, <laughs> no, like I remember when I first like got on Twitter. I'm like, oh, because I first got on Twitter in like 2011, uh, and I was like, man, I've been watching wrestling for four years, and now there's people that come along that are like, wow, you've been watching for 11 years now, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> They're like, wow, that's a long time. I know. I, every oh, time God. I think it. Every time I think about how long I've been watching, I want to like jump into, jump off a building. But <laughs> like, just puro is like sixteen years. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I didn't get into Japanese wrestling until like 2010, 2011. and then, like I said, it was not long ago until I started diving into the old stuff. I didn't start watching nineties all Japan until four or five years ago. The the Noah this this isn't this isn't really the era of Noah that I lived through. Um, I'm being completely honest. Like the if we do like, I, I figure we'll do another part where we talk like the peak era of Noah, and that's where I really grew up on it. But like the early Noah, I would have come in like right towards the end of this. It's when I started renting uh, renting videotapes from my local Japanese expat keep up a television rental store. And then, you know, the only white person there having them be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you'll be surprised to learn. None of those here in Alabama. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was only like a couple years. I feel like 04 maybe is like when, I mean, my memory isn't great. It's so been so long. But like 04 probably is when uh, like downloading shows started becoming a major thing. And it was like the, like the purest who fan uh, like board, had a board for it. And there were a few other places. But early on, it was me and the me and the tape rentals, ordering DVDs from uh, various sources. But yeah, this would be like the oh three, like the the very tail end of the stuff we're gonna watch is the stuff I saw like as it happened, and then into peak era Noah when I was really, um, you know, when I was really watching it as it happened. This is all stuff that I went back and watched 
not that long after it took place because once I got really into Noah, it's like, well, I want to see what happened before I started watching. But yeah, I've seen, I've rewatched some of this now for this specifically for this episode, which again, I do not complain about rewatching <laughs> early Noah fucking main events. I mean, there's some awesome stuff here. Um, it'll be funny too, comparing just comparing the map style and uh, like cage match, cage match lists the ratings of a, a certain man who, uh, <laughs> has been in some has been in the news lately let's say <laughs> been in the news and, yeah been in the news lately and some of the ratings he gave some of these matches are just like mind-boggling to me because it feels like like a lot of these matches would not be out of place in current new japan and that's not really again like a mind-blowing statement that you know current new japan has more more in more in line with the old king's road uh, and the modified King's Road style that all Japan and Noah used than it is with like traditional strong style. But a lot of these like finishing sequences, especially, would be, you know, would totally fit in with current New Japan. Oh, absolutely. And, and like just the ratings Dave gave these matches, it's like you could probably add a star to some of these. If yeah. Happen today. Yeah. Add a like, whole can, star to them. You can see like there was one in particular that he gave like three and three quarters where I'm like, there is no way. He goes lower than four and three quarters if it happened today. Yeah, I think the so, I think the first Noah main event got through because I, yeah, I did the same thing. Got three and three quarters. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the one I was thinking of, or, or was like the Kobashi camera match or something. Yeah. But yeah, it was like uh, it, it was really ridiculous when I went back and saw that. But yeah, so I appreciate that little archival feature of Cage Match. Um, not that his. Not because his star rating should be taken as gospel, especially not after <laughs> what's gone on today, but just because it's funny to see how like looser he's gotten with his star ratings over the years. Yeah, um, giving five stars to random NXT TV matches. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so as far as early Noah goes, um, did you watch this stuff before you went back and watched the All Japan? I'm just curious. I I think I've tried to watch both at the same time, and then I was like, this is way too much. But the Noah stuff entertained me more, so I kind of kept with the Noah stuff. I kept watching the Noah stuff long after the All Japan stuff. Like, I've seen more Noah than I have All Japan from the 90s, like, yeah, easily. It's all, it's all it's way flashier, for one, which is... Like, oh, yeah. It's way easier to watch. I mean, I've watched a lot of the old All Japan stuff too by now, but like, it was it's way easier. I, I saw. I think a lot of people, um, you know, our age or younger, or you know, probably did see Noah before All Japan, just because it was either occurring while we started watching, or um, you know, it was just way more accessible and seemed way more inviting. Plus, so, Akiyama on top, where he deserves to be. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not not for long enough in my book, but no, absolutely not. <laughs> he did get his run, so and he's a huge part of the early stuff. Not as big of a part of the peak era, although he was still doing awesome shit in the peak era. With that, again, I, I hate to bring up a white belt, but I mean, <laughs> it's a recurring thing with my favorite wrestlers, I guess, getting stuck with a white belt. But yeah, it was. Uh, he still did some awesome shit with that white belt, and he's obviously a main event in the main event of one of the best matches. Not just in Noah history, but in probably in wrestling history with Obashi at the Dome. Yeah. But but there's some incredible stuff here, too, that he's involved in. He's really a central figure. And this, to me, is like his his peak, probably, is this run as both um, 
you know, I guess you would say top heel. Um, you could say heel ace. It was very, you know, very clear that he this was his role. That he was the the, the stoic. He's the one that the crowd does not like as much as you know Masawa and Kobashi, whatever. But he just kicks their fucking asses. Yeah, and basically his role is to be the the, the stalwart, like Noah ass kicker. And he really grew into it here. And this is why where when people talk about his Hall of Fame candidacy, it's all, and he's they're like, Well, he's never the top star. It's like, well, you don't actually understand pro wrestling if that's your critique. Like, yeah, like <laughs> that is a drawing critique. I'm like, the dude <laughs> sold out the dome essentially with like I get it with Kobashi during like a historic title reign, but like main event in the dome multiple times for multiple promotions. Yeah, so, it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. That, well, yeah. I mean, draw, drawing they have no debate. Given, given some of the other guys that are in there that do not even have close to his drawing record. Oh, but, like as far as, as far as like, oh, he wasn't as big of a star as this guy and that guy. It's like he was the top heel. Yeah, that was his role. People don't understand it because top heel in like two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two, Noah did not mean like twirl your mustache and cheat but it just meant this is that was his role was he was the, yeah. was the antagonist he was a dickhead yeah, yeah <laughs> he was definitely a dickhead but like his role was the antagonist like you, you need him like the, the success of noah which by the way was not guaranteed you know jumping trying to start an entirely new promotion like and you know, completely different from where you came from the success of noah for as long as it was successful it's oh, just as much to him as it is to everybody else. So you need like you have a shitty antagonist. You're not going to have a yeah. a great promotion, you know. If not, it's more on Akiyama's shoulders because he was the only top heel that was actually signed with the company for the first like three years. Yeah. So I mean, they like, really Takiyama was there, but he was freelance. Yeah, Sasaki later on again freelance, yeah. and then like the the random invading forces. Yeah, Nagata was from New Japan, so yeah. yeah you know, Hashimoto early on, but, but yeah, I mean, he is the only guy when you're talking about like antagonist and Noah. And, you know, I think he, if he had been a complete failure, the promotion would not be, you know, where it ended up. We wouldn't be talking about it 18 (laughs) years later. That's for sure. Yeah. So there's our case. Do not get out of the hall of fame. It became even like every single time I go back and watch this shit. I know I yell about this every year, but every single time I go back and watch this shit, it's like even more ridiculous that he's not in the hall of fame. Like what the fuck? He's better than like half the fucking people in there at least. (laughs) More than half. Well, 80%. I don't know. My hot take always is if Akiyama was a pillar, he's the best pillar. Cause I, I truly think he's better than all four pillars, wow. which may be a hot take. But... It's a little bit of a hot take, but I, I mean, I take him over Tawei and Kawada for sure. Misawa, Misawa is close. I think I would put Kobashi as my favorite pillar forever, but yeah. Misawa and him are really close. Yeah. So I mean, dude's been <laughs> doing top level shit for a qu- longer than I've been alive. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty crazy when you. When you go back and just he's still doing shit now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like <laughs> he he worked the carnival this year and was like the best guy in the tournament. <laughs> I mean, him and Marafuji had an amazing match in the champion carnival this year. Yeah, it's pretty nuts when you think about. It. Like we're we're about to talk about stuff from eighteen years ago yeah. when he was killing it, and he's still killing it eighteen years later. Not to mention greatest yeah. rookie of all time. So <laughs> yeah, that too. I mean, yeah. So 
if you're listening to this, you have a ballot, and you're not voting for Judah Gama. I think you need your head examined. But <laughs> let's talk about let's get into the the circumstances of the split. Um, so so the problem is basically um, you know when Giant Baba dies, unfortunately, and there's an internal rift in all Japan. Um, you know the the problem is basically Misawa. What was the role? Chairman, right? Was that the role? Yeah, I believe it was chairman. Yeah, he was basically the guy in charge of you know the booking and all that stuff. But the, his big thing was he really and and that actually predated Bob's death. I remember there's a famous story where like I I think it was I don't know the exact year I should have looked this up I think it was like '98 or something maybe maybe even earlier but where like Bob just kind of uh, walked up to him and told him he was doing it now and Masawa was like what? No, yeah, <laughs> it, ha- it happens. <laughs> Either right before or right after All Japan runs the dome for the first time, I believe. Yeah, so, yeah, it would have been around ninety-eight. Yeah, so he just basically walks up to him backstage one day and says, "Yeah, you're you know how to book, right? You're booking now." And Bob was just like, "What?" I mean, so I was just like, "What are you talking about? I'm booking now." And that's that's how he became chairman. But the problem was basically um, him and uh, Giant Baba's widow had a lot of differences of opinion. Um, I know there's even like, um, I don't know if we should talk about this in the podcast, but there's some, um, like I've heard, seen some rumblings that she was, you know, holding on to the money for herself, uh, like in late all Japan, and yeah, maybe the amount of money that was going back to the boys wasn't, you know, a fair amount of money. Which again, promoters being unscrupulous, so who? <laughs> Who could see that coming? Yeah. <laughs> but but Masawa was like that that may have been a big factor in the in the arguments. And you know, Masawa basically wanted a you know a great increase in production values. That was his big thing. He really wanted um more like fireworks, he wanted I think better lighting. He was really about all more about cameras. The, more cameras. He yeah. really wanted the production going to increase because he felt like it was really important to make you know, keep them competitive with New Japan into the new millennium. And she was obviously not about spending money. It was not her thing. She did not want to do it. And, um, you know, it just came, it, it, they, they, they just fought, they fought constantly for what I understand. And then just one day it was over. And then yeah. Just- he got removed, I believe got removed from like the, like it wasn't a, his decision thing like the board of directors of all japan essentially ousted him as president because he became president of all japan uh after baba died he like inherited the position or whatever uh and yeah so he just essentially got ousted one day so he's like well (laughs) i'm done with this i mean the thing i've never under reading back and i don't know maybe you maybe you've heard something is when they ousted him did they just not expect the retaliatory move of everybody leaving? Like, did they not, ex- first of all, did they not expect Misawa to try something like that? And second of all, did they not um, just foresee how many wrestlers were going to follow him? Because you think, you think you wouldn't do that if, yeah. you knew, if you knew that was coming. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they probably expected Misawa to retaliate in some way. I don't think they expected to lose 90% of their native roster. Uh, cause I mean, if they do, wh- why do you do it? It makes no yeah, sense. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they lost every single native wrestler except for two. Yeah. Uh, Koshiaki Kawada and Masanabu Fuchi. 
And, you know, like you said, you wouldn't do that if you knew that was going to happen. Yeah, like if you saw that coming, you'd be like, you know what? Maybe we just, like, keep him on. <laughs> Maybe let's give the man his fireworks. I don't yeah. know. I mean, but, we have enough room for a camera or two in the budget. Let's just do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's safe to say, and this, there's obviously a little bit of our speculation, that they didn't see it coming. But Masawa, you know, the big the big key, maybe they, they didn't realize how, and, you know, again, this is speculation, but it's possible they didn't realize that Nippon TV was going to follow Masawa. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was, like, a big, big thing. So, I mean, if Masawa didn't have a TV to take with him, maybe he, could, he probably couldn't have pulled it off. But So he basically, just one day, you know, it's announced, they, they hold this big press conference, and... They announced that uh, Misawa and the entire native roster, except for two guys, are leaving all Japan to form Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, this was what was the day of the press conference? This Something is in May to... of two thousand. Yeah. May twenty sixth. Off the top 20, of my head, yep, that sounds right. Um, so you know, obviously the arc, the arc makes sense. Oh, May twenty eighth. There we go. Oh. And the whole the whole theme makes sense. Um, you know, because it's like a biblical story of Noah, and they're they're going on an ark to survive the flood. So here Masawa's they go. God. Masawa is God, <laughs> and they're they're boarding the ark to depart depart all Japan, and you know it leaves. You know, it, you have the famous like ark uh, in the in the logo, and you also have, like a dove holding an olive branch. And by the way, I didn't even realize this. Everybody but two gaijin left too. Yeah, Stan Hansen and. Uh, the, the future Taiokea, Mayunakea, Mossman. Yeah, the because Vader worked a lot of Noah in those yeah. early days. Vader went to Noah, uh, and he was like the top gaijin, basically. Yep. Um, and, but, you know, I think others too. But yeah, I mean, like, um, so basically, you know, I think, I think basically what you're talking about here is, you know, the entire roster leaving. Um, they take they did they get they announce they have the nip on TV, uh, TV deal. So all Japan doesn't even have their television anymore. I got went to Noah, and you know basically I, I think originally I remember reading about this. Nippon TV wanted to do like wanted both basically, <laughs> like that was their original solution is they were going to air continue airing all Japan and air Noah and like split the same time slot between them. And Noah was like okay with it, but all Japan like balked, which in hindsight looks really fucking stupid. Yeah, <laughs> like, why didn't you just keep your fucking t- some TV, pres- TV presence? They're like, oh, we don't want to share a time slot with Noah, but it's like, well, they have nothing. Yeah, so, and, and you see what happened to Noah when they lost their Nippon TV slot. Like, you know, it's a really big deal to lose your your broadcast TV slot in Japan. If you don't oh. know, um, you know, very few people have. Um, satellite TV in Japan, I, I believe it's only like 10 to 12 percent uh, of the country, and cable TV doesn't exist. Oh. So if you don't have broadcast, you're not reaching nearly as many people. It's gotten a little better now because of the internet, but uh, and you know the internet wasn't like streaming. Online streaming was not a big thing in 2000. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not like you could just hop on to you know All Japan World or All Japan TV and. Be like, oh, great! The Corican's up. No. Yeah, so not a good, not a good idea by all Japan to to turn that down. But um, they basically ended up in bed with New Japan, and that that led to a really awesome period of New Japan. Actually, the New Japan All Japan crossover year. Oh which, yeah, that yeah. and that. I mean, all Japan 
to be fair, a lot of companies would have folded up after that happened, but you know, they got, you know, Mudo back and Tenru came through and Hashimoto worked a lot of all Japan, especially yeah. in uh oh two, oh three, oh four, had a triple crown reign even. Yeah. I mean the immediate uh, the immediate yeah. thing that saved them was Tenru. Like Tenru basically he had his he had his big um you know big issues with, with war and it just wasn't like financially feasible anymore. So he returned to all Japan like pretty much right after the split. Yeah. And that became like he be, he he had his own like roster of guys that he brought over, and that kind of became the All Japan roster, along with like a bunch of independent guys and stuff. Yep. But yeah, I mean, like when you think about it, losing everything but four guys, you know, you really should fold. Yeah. But and and also, uh, I mean, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth, but I believe also Kobashi and Tao were on the board of directors. Yeah, they, they, they had office yeah. positions in all japan so like they lost wrestlers and office people and referees yeah. referees yeah. i think i think the only one that stayed was kyohei wada yeah um you know they lost they lost you know all sorts of things but i mean the 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 most amazing period for them that they lasted was from that from the split until january 2002 because that's january 2002 is when it becomes like the mudo show yeah. When Mudo jumps from New Japan. He's around a lot in 2001 in the All Japan New Japan. Uh, like, you know, it's not really a feud. It's more like a cooperation. Yeah. He's around a lot in 2001 and he's Triple Crown Champion in 2001, but he doesn't take control of the company until January 2002. So, um, but yeah, so All Japan survives it. And that's maybe a topic for another day is the post split All Japan. The, the weirdest part, though, are those all Japan cards like after Noah was announced? Have you ever seen look the cage match for this? Oh, they're like, horrific. <laughs> there, no, 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 but there's there's like the weirdest thing where like Noah guys were still on some all Japan shows. Yeah. After the split was announced. Like if you go back and look at 2000, um, basically some all Japan cards would have um, they would have the the Noah guys and some wouldn't. And the Noah guys would only wrestle each other. It was like really weird. It was almost like they were they were letting no the Noah guys like hype <laughs> their coming departure. Yeah, it was, very, it was really weird. It's like they really needed the the gates, I guess, for the rest of the year. But yeah, if you look back, you know, like you just said, that announcement was made um, May twenty eighth. Um, you know, that day <laughs> there's a show at Cork and Hall, May twenty eighth, two thousand. But the main event have that has Masawa in it. Yeah. Um, Kente Kobashi's on the show. Like all these Noah guys are on the show. And then from then on, it's like, you know, the Noah guys only wrestle each other. And, you know, they won't they don't wrestle anybody else. And they're still all over that superpower series tour. But then they're all there are like random shows that don't have the Noah guys on it. Maybe the weirdest part of the entire thing is that they went through with a planned world tag team title tournament on june 9th yeah at the budokan with akira Tawe and toshiaki kawada wit beating no fear uh omori and takiyama and becoming the, the new champions you know they would have to immediately vacate it because Tawe was leaving the company it's like why don't you just cancel the tournament at that point but i guess they were like well we sold tickets we got to do it and then right after that you know they're gone for like a month and we come back with July 1st, All Japan Differ. We we start to have these shows. I'm just going to read a, the first post-split All Japan card. We went from, you know, the entire Noah roster all over the show to 
Giant Kamala defeats Scorpio. Monokea Mossman defeats Yuto Aijima. Jin Jaki and Johnny Smith defeat Shigeo Okamura and Yoshiaki Fujiwara. Steve Williams and Wolk Hoffield defeat George Hines and Mike Barton in the semi-main. And the main event, Toshiaki Kawada defeats Masanabu Fuji. The only two Japanese men left. Yeah. So... But not only that, so I I pulled up a random card too. This is from July twentieth, two thousand. Yeah, this whole card is a Noah card, and this yeah, is like this two is, weeks before Noah the, starts. Right, the Super Action series is where you would have these random shows that had the Noah guys on them, but they weren't allowed to wrestle the uh, the All Japan guys. Yeah, so like, so I the Noah main event it, they do Ogawa and Masawa versus uh, Masao Inu and uh, Akira Tao. But the All Japan main event is Fuji and Kawada versus Johnny Smith and Yoshiaki Fujiwara. With 28 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, like It's everywhere. Let's <laughs> start from the top and then Giant Kamala and Steve Williams like, beating Mike Barton and Wolf Hoffield is second from the, the semi-main. I, for, I it, forgot that Williams continued to work All Japan for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, he did. And then the next night, July July 21st, you you have no Noah guys. So you're back to a, a five-match show. With all these all Japan, with the all Japan roster, and then I believe the very let's see what's the what's the last show? Oh, that show you just mentioned might be the last one with the Noah guys on it. Yep, that the was July, a total random click by me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, July twentieth, two thousand Super Action Series show in in uh, Fukuoka, Hakata Star Lanes. Actually, that's the last all Japan show with Noah guys. So for two months afterwards, there were these random there were these shows that had. Noah roster. That must be like the most awkward locker room. It's oh, like, I couldn't imagine. It's like, yeah, we're all leaving. Uh, we're leaving you behind in this shithole. Have fun with that. Yeah, y'all have fun <laughs> having no exposure. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that must have been really fun. Uh, what's the lot? I want to see. I'm just curious what the last one in Tokyo was. It was July 9th, Cork and Hall. It was all Japan only. Uh, my second in Cork and also all Japan only July. Yeah, it was that Budokan show, June 9th. That yeah. was the last show in Tokyo that had the Noah guys on it, so it's interesting. But yeah, so the the, the history of all Japan post-split is also very interesting, but the, probably another show. Uh, the fact that they were able to even just survive is amazing. I mean, let alone the fact that they ran the Tokyo Dome <laughs> in January 2001. A very ill-advised Tokyo Dome show with, uh, with like, yeah, I don't know, like of 10,000 people in the building, maybe. Yeah. Not a great idea. Yeah, it's bad. Right. <laughs> and Yeah, they, they tried to do that. Noah, on the other hand, was, you know, they, they were much more realistic with their start. Um, you know, they, they start August, August 5th and 6th with a pair of shows called Noah Departure in the Differ Ariake. Uh, the Differ ended up being like a really syn- synonymous building with Noah, uh, you know, for the pretty much all, all the differ Ariake's existence. Uh, it's finally closed down now. But, um, you know, it used to have, it, it kind of had a not great um, reputation. Like, it had a reputation for being very... Because it's, it's just this warehouse, okay? Like, I, yeah. I went to a show there. I was lucky enough to go in 2016 when I went to Japan. And you're basically, you know, Cork and Hall, for those who don't know. It's, like, right in the middle of the action. You're, like, in, you know, this part of downtown Tokyo... You know, Akihabara, which is a very famous district, that's right there. Um, you know, a lot of famous districts are right there. And you're right in the shadow of the Tokyo Dome. Like, the, you could literally walk 
and cork in the dome in like a minute. Like it's very, they're very close to each other. On the other hand, uh, different Ariake, you're basically taking a train line. Um, you, you have to take a train to a monorail, which is like a, a, a very, um, it's one of the automated monorails. So there's no one even driving the train. And you're taking this automated monorail to the very edge of Tokyo. So it's basically like the, I believe it's called like the Tokyo Waterfront monorail or something, or something like that. And it's like, you're basically taking it to the, the edge of Tokyo, the, you know, the, uh, right on the water. And, it, it, you know, you basically, all you have here is warehouses. Um, the Ariake Coliseum is across the street, which is a, a bigger building they would run. You know, no way another promotions have run, but it's primarily a, a tennis building. And, but, you know, you, you basically just go to this big giant warehouse and that's different Ariake. And that's where the, you know, the Noah Dojo was. It's where Noah's, uh, you know, HQ was for the longest time. They did finally move to Yokohama, I assume, to save money in, in recent years. But pretty much for all this run, you know, they're based out of Differ. And that's why there's they always ran so many shows in Differ because, you know, they, they, they own the building, as far yeah. as I know. Or, they, or at least they're, they're paying rent for it anyway or whatever. It's, it's crazy, too, because during that time, I mean, if you look at their right. events... Which is still- yeah, it, it's just all it's just all differ. It's yeah. all differ. <laughs> yeah, it's like because again, zero dollars is cheaper than cheap. So you yeah. know, um, they would eventually run Corican. Like the the first Corican show, it wasn't for the first. Like they they go on tour and they don't they don't go to Corican for a long time. Yeah, November fifteenth, uh, yeah. navigation November. That. Run it fairly frequently from then on, but not still not as frequently as different for most of their run. So Differ becomes like their home base. Um, it did have, like I said, a, a little bit of a bad reputation um, for people watching on tape, I think, because and which I got once I was there, I totally understood why because it's just so cavernous because it's a fucking warehouse that like the sound of the crowd does not travel well. No, like watching it, watching the show back that I was at, I'm like. People were making a lot of noise at the show for Hajime Ohara. Uh, he was in like a one night tournament for the number one contendership for the junior title at the show I went to. And you can sort of hear on tape that like he's over, but it doesn't sound like, you know, thunderous the way he did in person. And, you know, the, the, the same is not the cannot be said for like Corican shows where, you know, generally the sound travels really well at Corican. You know, if a crowd is loud, it comes across that way on tape too. So. Yeah, Noah's buildings were about 50-50 where some of the crowds were super like sounded and came across well on tape. The other half, it sounded like you could hear a fly <laughs> shit itself in that building. It was so quiet. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, I will say the the, the first these first two shows, the crowd is so fucking into it. Oh yeah, that, no, that definitely it, <laughs> the first two shows. Like even for Differ, this crowd is it's like the best Differ crowd of all time. But. This crowd is so fucking happy to yeah. see to see Noah and like I I don't know if it's like I I think they just kind of feel like we're a part of history, which yeah. makes sense. But like yeah, they are so into it on these first yeah. two shows. Um, People just yelling "fuck Kawada," and, you know, <laughs> not really, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the very first Noah show, Noah Departure, uh, for Ariake, August fifth, two thousand. The first match in Noah history, Takashi Morishima defeating Makoto Hashi in fourteen oh five. So there you go. If you're looking for a trivia note, Takashi Morishima won the very first match in Noah history. 
seems kind of cool, actually. Seems like, uh, you know, Morshim is definitely a guy I associate with Noah, the successor, lack thereof, you know. It's not like having some random guy who flamed out in a year when when your first match. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. It's it, it's it's pretty cool, too, because Morshima, like, was pretty much a young boy in all Japan. I mean, he was. So the fact that he gets the win in Noah's first show and also against somebody like Hashi, who I, I guess we'll talk about in a minute, being super underrated. But it's really cool. And they get a lot of time, like 14 minutes for an opener is pretty ballsy like to to be like you know what these two young guys yeah you get 15 (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean there's only it's only a uh a five match show so i assume that's maybe part of the reason but yeah yeah it is uh it's interesting you know ricky just became such a such a big part of uh of noah i mean you know to me like more team on riccio as wild two like that 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 to me is like such a noah team you know it's like it's I, such a good team i love the wild two run is so team. damn good yeah. god they're, they're phenomenal and they're they're literally a great tag team from like the second they started tagging <laughs> yeah like it just instantly clicked they're like yeah we're two big boys and i have a sumo background like let's let's fuck and it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> like when i but when i picture early noah like that to me like there's a few things in my head i can picture uh even though that doesn't form right away I could picture Wild 2, you mm-hmm. know, Rikio and Morshima. Those great jackets. Those great jackets, yeah. <laughs> I can I picture um I picture three distinct units. Um we have Burning, Wild and Wave. Uh or Burning, Stardust and Wave, I'm sorry. You know, that's so I picture that, you know, you, the three basically setting up Kobashi, Masawa, and Akiyama as like the three pillars of really Noah. And, you know, I picture Yoshinobu Kanemaru as junior champion. Which yeah, <laughs> very much a, a feature of early Noah. So, um, but yeah, so match number two was uh, the let's see, Haruka Haruka Eigen, uh, June Muda Media, <laughs> Shiyoshi Kakuchi defeating Mitsuo Momota, Rashi Kimura, and Takashi Rikio. Um, you have Kentaro Shiga and Naomichi Marufuji defeating Masao Inoue and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Um, then you have the semi main. Daisuke Akita, uh, Akita, who's like one of the most underrated parts of Noah, in my opinion. He's, oh yeah, definitely during that early run because he was awesome. I love this team with Yone too. So, um, so, so Akita, uh, Masa, Masahiro Kakahara, and Yoshinori Ogawa defeated No Fear, who at this point was a trio: uh, Omori Takayama and Sutaro Asako, and the main event. Probably the most famous match here, and the only one people probably think of, is the two out of three falls tag team match when Junakama and Kento Kobashi defeated Akira Tere and Mitsuhara Misawa. Um, this match was, I, I didn't see the entire thing, I only saw the clip version, but it's one of the, one of my favorite matches from what I, what I was watching, just because like, the crowd, first of all, is so fucking hot for this. I mean... And for, I, I love too that they like immediately. One of the first things that happens when you when you turn on this clip is they show you uh, like fireworks exploding. It's almost like Wasawa is on your screen being like, "I got my fucking fireworks!" Yeah, got my fireworks. <laughs> There's 900 cameras in the building. Everybody in the crowd's <laughs> holding a camera. I my jacket is better than ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so incredible. It's like these fireworks go off. The crowd goes like, "You've never heard a crowd be more excited." 
for two little like fireworks on the stage that this crowd was. Yeah. They're just like, fireworks in here, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're so excited. But yeah, I mean, like, um, so they're like the fireworks go off, the the crowd <laughs> Kobat uh, where Junot Gamma's music hits like they the crowd loved them some Junot Gamma, which was not always the case with Noah crowds. Uh sometimes they did not like him and they did not react as wildly. You know, he's a heel. What are you gonna what do you expect? Yeah. But like this crowd was like so happy to see June. And I especially noted the ladies were extremely happy to see June's June. June's a good looking dude. <laughs> he is a good looking dude, especially back then. So Although like, there was this horrible trend, which I imagine we're not gonna touch on in early Noah where every wrestler dyed their hair blonde. Yeah. But it was like a really bad dye job because I I don't know Masaba made him do it. No, that's probably not true. But <laughs> but literally, so I was like, take his hair off. Everybody's gonna have blonde hair except me and Ogawa. That's it. But no, literally, I, I think I posted a picture one time. Like literally, there's one point where like Hashi, Saito, Akiyama, Kenta, Marafuji, they all have the exact same color hair. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Um, but yeah, so like, I mean, Kobashi gets like really loud chants. Like, Tawei, God, God bless him, doesn't really get any reaction. Uh, Kobashi gets like really loud chants, and then Masawa's music hits, and the chants somehow get even louder. Yeah. So it like, sounds like crowd... there's 5,000 people in the building. <laughs> yeah. This, this crowd is so happy to see these two men. Um, they have one of my favorite finishes of all time where Akiyama like puts Masawa out with that guillotine. Yeah, I think he called the front neck lock like two minutes in the fucking match. Yeah, it's literally two minutes in the match, and the yeah. crowd goes silent. They're just like, "Oh shit, <laughs> this they is an all Japan." <laughs> yeah, all Japan for people who don't know. Like submissions were not a fucking thing there, especially in the main events. Like Baba did not like them, and especially not two minutes into the match. <laughs> yeah, and it's like they were fucking bound and determined to get this front neck lock, neck lock over, and yeah. they pretty much did. So you know. And, like, that's a hell of a way to do it, to be like, yeah, I can't to put them out in two minutes. Yep. So, you know, Masawa just, at, like, not really a submission, just he's out. So that was pretty cool. Um, like, they just, you know, the, the version I watched was clipped, but you get the impression they just, like, just did finishers to each other the entire time. I mean, yeah. Tawei, he does, like, a Nodawa, a Nodawa Otashi on the ramp to June. Like, that was just, like, oh, my God. Yeah, the it's such a bomb fest just because they're trying. I mean, obviously first show you want to make an impression and this is before Akiyama's full on heel. So Akiyama comes in the match, baby face. They all, yeah. all four of them come into the match, baby face. But like, as the match progresses, like Akiyama slowly starts becoming like a dick and is like, Oh, you're being a dick to towel, uh, Taue and being a dick to Masawa. And then, you know, he gets the pin on Taue too. So like Akiyama <laughs> wins the match for he and Kobashi. Yeah, both, both falls, yeah. Yeah, one both falls, and the, uh, the crowd's just like, huh, this is different than Doha <laughs> and All Japan, because Akiyama's, you know, actually getting falls against top guys here, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, like, you could tell the early goal in this promotion was that Akiyama's going to be taken seriously as a top star, and yeah, I mean, they, they it's hard to call that a failure. I mean, they succeeded. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, um But yeah, so they, the the post match angle, unfortunately, wasn't on the version I watched. I watched, but uh, it's harder to find. It's like the hardest thing to find, honestly. Like the di- the ditch website is supposed to have it, but it's just not. It doesn't. The link doesn't work. It's um, it's pretty. It's so weird to me why it's so hard to find. But essentially, the gist of it is uh, Akiyama gets pissed at Kobashi for not doing anything in the tag match, and he attacks Kobashi, 
and yeah. Differ just immediately turns on him. You got your number one heel in the company. <laughs> yeah, like the crowd is not at all supportive of this decision. Yeah. And, you know, it sets up a main event for the following night, August 6th, which sees Akiyama defeat Kenta Kobashi by referee stoppage in 24-25. Um, I mean, the, the, the thing that's going to stick out the most for me from this match, honestly, is when Akiyama first drop kicks him in his injured knee that everybody knew was injured, and Kobashi just sells it like he was fucking shot. Yeah, like that's one of the greatest sell jobs in history, and this is where I really noticed for the first time that like, yeah, you know who watches his Kenta Kobashi tapes? A guy named Kenny Omega, because he's trying to do the exact same shit when it comes to the when it comes to the facials and the selling. He's just like really bad at it. Yeah, doesn't do it near as well, but <laughs> like you can tell, you can tell watching Kobashi like this is what he's this is what Kenny's trying to do. He just doesn't do it very well, but I mean, like, if you're gonna emulate somebody, that's probably the guy to do it. So, yeah. you know, and I don't, I don't think really... a lot of people knew at the time. Like, obviously, we know in hindsight, but Kobashi came into Noah with a fucked knee. Like, he didn't work hard. I don't think he worked any all. Like, he didn't work those weird all Japan dates after the the June 9th show because his, he was trying to heal up his knee for Noah. Yeah, like it was. It was pretty bad, and it was probably not the brightest decision to work on it for six months before <laughs> taking time off. Yeah. Um, you know, he he really, like I said, you, I guess they felt like they needed him for the launch because, you know, he's by far the second most popular guy yeah. coming over. But Yeah, I don't think they could have done – I well, at least in Masawa's eyes, I don't think he thought they could do the same thing with uh akira tawe and obviously misawa had plans for himself he didn't want to change <laughs> he's yeah. like i'm not dropping two falls to akiyama <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but um but yeah so the, the match itself a quite a quite a quite a really awesome match there's there's a really really awesome near fall in this match where like kobashi goes to do that signature power bomb and jack they pulled at this point to become like you know one of his more signature moves and akiyama just like rolls right through it yeah. And almost gets the pen. Like, that's a fucking, that was a fucking awesome spot. I mean, uh, the other thing that really struck me watching all of this stuff, and we talked a little bit about this before, is, um, you know, there's, this is, it's so close to what you might call like generic modern Puro, since there's really very little difference between the New Japan and All Japan and like, um, you know, modern noah like the the top made event styles yeah this is definitely like the basis for i i don't want to call them spot fest but like the the style that new japan tries to mimic the most now because like it is like fairly defensive wrestling at the beginning but then yeah. but then it turns into just throwing bombs yeah and repeated, that's what new japan tries to you know the, do now that, that whole stretch run where you have repeated signatures yeah repeated signature moves um either if a guy has like a finisher that people pick out of, he'll do it multiple times. If not, then they'll just be like, if it's a one hit KO, then they'll do teases of it. Um, you know, there's no cells, the fighting yeah. spirit, no cells, the one count kickouts. So, I and mean, which, yeah. uh, with Baba's, uh, philosophy in wrestling, Baba believed if you hit a move in a match and somebody kicked out of it, shouldn't hit the move again. Cause it makes no sense. Yeah. So the, again, very different. Trying to differ themselves from all Japan as much as possible, as soon as possible. Yeah. So they they were they were much more willing to do like Jun Akiyama in these matches would just throw like a hundred exploders. Yeah. No. Th yeah. This is where Akiyama's exploder fest really starts 
making itself known because he'll throw like <laughs> six or seven a match at least. Yeah. I mean, the, the finish to this, which was a good example of that, where Kobashi just keeps kicking out of the, his exploders. So June, like, and know what, know what you mean. This is, this is the one thing that I wish New Japan would ape more from. You know, there's a big difference between the Noah style here and New Japan now. I wish they would have more definitive finishes. Yeah. And this is what I mean. Like, with June, he hits exploder after exploder. Kobashi does not have a comeback in this final stretch. He just he keeps kicking out, and that's how he keeps, um, you know, f- you know, like showing his fighting spirit. But June like finally has enough. He hits one more exploder, and then instead of going for the pin, he locks on his front neck lock, and the ref has to stop. Like that's a far more definitive finish than you get in most modern New Japan matches, where it's more like, you know, the other guy c- keeps reversing and keeps having a chance at the very end, and it's like, yeah. like who or kicks out at four kicks or. Out. <laughs> Yeah. Like just who got the? It almost feels a lot of the time like you know who got the uh, the big the, the big movement at the end you yeah. know first. And here it's more like well, Junakawa never had an issue. It never Kobashi never got his. You know, it wasn't like Kobashi was going for the burning hammer at the very end. It was just like he kept kicking out, and June finally just put him down. And there are there aren't very many finishes like that in modern Japan at all, where a guy just put another guy down. No, yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely again trying to get over like a top bad guy in your company. The the way to do it because it's very definitive. Like Akiyama defeats perhaps the most beloved man in, in <laughs> Japan at the time. So yeah. and and like in a way where it's 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 a clean finish, obviously, but it's kind of dirty. Like ah, oh, you haven't making Kobashi you know pass out or ref stoppage like it's kind of bullshit but also at the same time Akiyama dominated the whole back half of the match so it works yeah. it's not like he's cheating no. but he's just and this is again like something I would like to see more of where it's not like a guy is cheating like June did not cheat to win this match he just maybe didn't fight the most honorable way yeah. <laughs> instead of paying the mate just like I'm gonna put you out and that's it so there's still that like feeling of like you know, you're a jerk off, but it doesn't have to be like, you know, I fucking, you know, did the, the hokey pokey and, you know, distracted the Turned myself and, around yeah. <laughs> and grab this and hit him with that. And, and I much prefer this, but I'm, you know, I'm also a nerd, so I get it. Um, but yeah, it also, this was an awesome main event. Like this, of the two um, Akiyama Kobashi matches we're going to talk about, the, and this is the one I was thinking of where, um, you know, he get Dave Meltzer originally gave this three and three quarters. Apparently, and if it happened today, I think he would go a full star higher at least. Oh, I mean, for this sure. this to me is like a four and three quarter star match in my book, and he's usually higher than I am on most matches these days. So, um, but yeah, of the two, this is the one I like better of the two, Kobashi Akama uh, two thousand era matches. But yeah, so you know, the first few months, this is where we really start to, you know, you you have your three units. We have Wave, you have Burning, and you have Sternness. Which I always thought was such a badass name as a kid. I don't know why. It's just like Sternness. Oh, I love Sternness. It, so- as a it name. sounds like a sinister name, but um, you know, before this, you know, before Noah, they burn- burning basically kind of split up. Is how it worked because I, you know, Akiyama was definitely in burning. I believe Kanemaru wasn't burning because he had, like he had an orange shirt on. Yeah. During this and like just kind of walks off with Akiyama when the other the other burning members are getting all basically getting all angry and. You know, that's how you kind of split off into burning and sternness. And then um, Wave is kind of like the the de facto Noah Sekigun. 
with like Masawa and Marifuji and all those dudes with Ogawa. Yeah. Um, and then you still have like No Fear at this point, uh, Takayama and Omori. Um, you know, it just kind of you kind of develops from there. Um, but yeah, so that's like early know to me. It's just these three groups kind of like um, fighting back and forth. You and Takayama a lot. When if you look at these cards, he would also team at No Fear a lot. Uh, yeah, I, guess- I was about to say, there's a lot of instances where he teams with Takayama a lot, especially in September and October and those first couple of tours in 2000. A really weird show in Yokohama with the main event Akiyama and Takayama against Kobashi no Mori. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool, that may be a cool one to check out at some point. Um, but yeah, Omori and Takayama are kind of like the other top heels at this point, and Kobashi beats Omori in the main event of uh, a big show in Nagoya, which is like in in October. Um, I'm just going through and look at the TV show main events here. Um, and then, you know, you have a match for Takayama teaming with Omori and Takayama to face Kobashi, uh, Tawe, and Masala in Awate at one point in October. So some cool, kind of cool little stuff here. The only titles at this point are the WEW Tag Team titles, um, which are being defended, you know, at this point. That's like some Midwest promotion. That was like Harley Race's promotion, right? WEW? No, uh, WEW. WEW at the time was uh, let me make sure I'm not telling you wrong. Was like Fuyuki's uh, weird thing. Okay, so it was an outside Japanese. It was was from okay, right? It was from the Frontier Martial Arts promotion. Yeah, yeah. From FMW. So it went from FMW, and then Fuyuki like sort of just took the titles when he uh, well into front into Frontier, but then it became World Entertainment Wrestling in 2002. So right. they would eventually become the WEW promotion. So, so the the first champions were Koji Nakagawa and Gado uh, in June of '99, and then at some point, basically uh, Masao Inoue and Kanemaru beat Jado, uh, J- Jado and, G- and Gado uh, in July of 2000, and they kind of defended them in Noah for a little while. Um, Tamon Honda and Marufuji won them on August 22nd, and. They held them basically for the rest of the year until um, until the big December yeah, show on the twenty third. Show on the twenty third Grand Voyage, and that's where uh, Kodo Fuyuki and you know Tetsuhiro Kuroda would win them, and then that kind of was the end of those titles in Noah. Yeah. So, because um, then you would have the title tournament at you know in two thousand one. Yeah, but I'm saying those are the only titles in Noah for the for two thousand. Otherwise, it's just a. Bunch of guys fighting in matches, which I kind of I like the idea that you didn't rush to to do title tournaments. Like it's sort of cool that you just have this this period where people are just kind of like fighting it out and seeing where they stand. And yeah, they're kind of like establishing dominance. I, I really enjoy that a lot. I think it was a really smart move not to introduce a title for six, seven, eight months, however long it was. Yeah. Um, at this point, you also have the Takashi Rikio uh, singles match trial going on in late two thousand. Um, he loses, let's say, to Kobashi, Junakiyama, Vader, and only 345, uh, Akira Tawe, Misawa, and I think that's it. Yeah. So those are, that's his five match trial series. Uh, but yeah, so not a lot else to talk about in early Noah. If we can pull into the end of the year, which featured uh, this December 23rd show, the Noah Great Voyage. This was their first time in the Ariake Coliseum which, as I mentioned earlier, was right across the street from the different Ariake. I believe it was about like 5,000, 6,000 fans, maybe. I'm actually not even sure how many actually can fit in there and how much of it is like 
you know, typical wrestling promotion over exaggeration. They, they weren't really putting in 18.5 in the Budokan. Noah, uh, <laughs> Cage Match has the attendance for Great Voyage at 12,000. Okay. So it's probably like <laughs> nine or 10, maybe. Yeah. I don't even know if it's that high. Maybe not even that much. Yeah. Maybe like seven or eight. But I don't know. It doesn't look that big when you're when you're outside it. But who knows? Maybe maybe it is closer to ten. But yeah, I mean, they, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the main event was a big match. I'm sure. I'm sure they legitimately sold the building out. Um, but, uh, by the way, Ariaki Coliseum, according to Wikipedia, capacity of ten thousand. So okay, so I, I had a look because I, I I was hoping for sure. I was like, man, if it was six. But you have to remember, like, stage, there's yourself. also the stage and stuff. So. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. Um. So let's say let's just say it's. That, let's say it was like nine or ten. Yeah. But yeah, so they they went ahead and um, you know filled up the Ariake Coliseum uh, for a main event of Kenta Kobashi defeating Junakiyama in thirty five fifty eight. Um, so I actually didn't like this one as much as the August one. I think that might be uh, that might be a hot take for what I've seen. I think generally this this one's preferred. Um, it, it had more spots and more like brutality involving the ramp. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also just a long sequence of June working over Kobashi's hand that I found very uninteresting. Um, but after you get into the into the finishing stretch, it's obviously very hot. I don't know which one do you prefer of these? I actually, I actually prefer the December match because I think it builds off the August match well, mm-hmm. and it kind of it gives Kobashi his redemption arc like in the match, and it's also a more brutal match, higher stakes, obviously, and I think it. It's used really well. I actually think the the Kobashi Akiyama stuff is better viewed as a trilogy. I think this also does build up to their eventual Tokyo Dome match, yeah. which uh, we won't touch on today. But uh, the, I think it's a really nice set piece. I, I actually prefer it a good bit to the August match, and I think the August match is great in its own right. Okay, that's fair. I, I knew I was out on, on an island here, but <laughs> I love the August match. Um, but yeah, so basically, the one thing I noted, the crab seemed like extremely shocked when Kobashi kicked out of the wrist clutch exploder. Yeah. Was that the first time anyone's ever kicked out of that, I wonder? It <sighs> wouldn't shock me if it was, because it the crowd was, like, really surprised. I mean, it would have had to happen in all Japan, right? Maybe. Like, surely he would have had to hit it on Masawa, maybe. It's possible. Either way, the crowd was, like, yeah, the crowd really thought that was the finish. Like, yeah. Like, no, it was, a, it was a phenomenal false finish. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so he the, the only thing I don't like about the, the, this would take it down a little bit for me is the the finish to me is nowhere near as cool as the August one. It's yeah. just kind of like Kobashi no sells a June forearm. He does this, the spinning reverse chop, and then he just kind of puts him on the top rope and hits the burning hammer for the pin. It just kind of felt like anticlimactic to me. And that's like the big the big uh, issue that with the match later on when he'd stop putting guys on the top rope every time to hit the burning hammer. The move like feels a lot better out of nowhere. Oh, here, yeah, it kind no, of, absolutely. here it just kind of feels like, well, you have to like place this man on the top rope first. Just, yeah. <laughs> like he know. was knocked out for 60 seconds. Cause just spent <laughs> yeah. the many time doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was still, it was still very good. Uh, I don't want to, you know, I'm still like talking about like a match I would give four stars to or something. I'm not really not out here saying it sucked or anything, but yeah. I just like the August one a lot better. De- definitely the Akiyama and Kobashi matches, in my opinion, the, two best matches in Noah in 2000. Like I, like there was, there's some good stuff in Noah in 2000, but I don't think anything touches uh, the 
Akiyama Kobashi. Uh, Maybe that, that first tag to me is, is really, really good. Yeah, first, I mean, the first tag obviously is really good. And then Vader Misawa actually has a match on the show that's really, yeah. really good. That's 1420 hit Misawa ones. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So, but uh, otherwise, like, it wasn't like you have some sternness and burning tags that are like pretty good to great. But other than that, there's not like not a whole lot setting your world on fire as far as in ring goes in the first four months of Noah. Yeah. Um, so we should mention because there, there is a we did get a question about one of the matches here, and I think it is a it's a pretty famous match. Um, so Omori was facing Shinya Hashimoto, and Hashimoto won the match in just six minutes and thirty two seconds. Um, the question we got was from Skyler. I'm trying to find it actually. I should have done that first. But he basically was like, "What's the deal with this match? Um, why is it so short?" um why did it like play out the way it did i think was basically yeah why did omori ran oh he, okay another question he just said what was the deal with the Hashimoto match his other question was why did omori get randomly get huge reactions in early noah he's <laughs> a gigantic man like with blonde hair just like kicking ass like why would he not get gigantic reactions i don't know if there's any specific reason but i feel like um the way him and takama were positioned as like top heels um probably had a lot to do with it and they, I don't know. I think I think it was just like the cool thing to do. Well, that and everybody loves the axe bomber. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just think I think it was like he was this cool big guy, and I just think it was the cool thing to do among the newer fan base. It's like if you want to be rebellious, you would cheer for Omori, basically. Yeah. Some real but, galaxy brain shit saying Omori's better than the four pillars. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, so what's the deal with the Hashimoto match? So. This was Shinya Hashimoto's very first match after getting basically run out of New Japan, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, I believe it was his first match, let's say. Let me just double-check this. Um, so, yeah, he was not in a good mood, basically. Either way, it was not the very first one. It was, uh, it was probably close to it. So, you know, he's basically he just his New Japan relationship just fell apart. You know, he's, he's done with New Japan. And, you know, one of the major factors behind why he was done at New Japan was because he basically decided to work with Noah. Um, you know, where the, the whole the whole thing with Zero One, which it's a complicated story. But, yeah, it was his first match because the, 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 his last match before this one was October 9th, uh, the, the Do Judge show in the Tokyo Dome where he defeated Tatsumi Fujinami. So he has no match between that and um, this this match with Omori on December 23rd. So he basically, like, okay, let me, let me try to describe this. His idea was, um, you know, there's all these fucking indies in, in male wrestling now, which is true. There were like a billion indies. Um, I'm going to go out and I'm going to make this new, like, New Japan brand. Uh, it was going to be called Zero originally because it was supposed to launch in 2000. And, you know, I think there's going to be called New Japan for Wrestling Zero or something like, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to let, give all these indies a place where they can, you know, wrestle under the New Japan banner. Um, I mean, Choshu hated this idea. He also hated Hashimoto, <laughs> you know, pretty famously by this point, and just wouldn't let him do it. And Hashimoto went behind his back to make a deal with Misawa to you know feature noah in this whole thing and that like really infuriated choshu because 
he basically went out and made a deal. You have to remember at this point, New Japan is deep in bed with all Japan. Yeah. I mean, they decided to keep the promotion going. They had that, you know, that dual thing where they brought all Japan in and they, you know, they had a Fuji come out, I believe in August or September at Sumo Hall and say, you know, in 2000, say we're going to break the walls down between the two promotions and it became like a, a long, you know, they basically were partners until right up until the day uh, Keiji Muto and Satoshi Kojima and Kendo Kashin walked um, right after the Daryl in 2000, uh, 2002. So like a year and a half, they basically be partners for the next year and a half. And, you know, here, so you have this big deal, you know, you just, you just signed this deal with the, with the, uh, with all Japan and here this fucker is going behind your back and, you know, making a deal with, uh, <laughs> with the promotion that with the guy who just walked out of all Japan, and almost killed it. So yes, he was furious. Now the funny thing is in 2001, New Japan make a deal with Noah <laughs> and like, you know, by the, like by the fall of 2001, you'd be like right in the middle of the, the Nagata Akiyama um, BFFs slash rivals thing. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, Japan... Akiyama and Nagata main event the dome yeah. <laughs> for, for the, yeah. I mean, it's 2001 and They made it as a team and then, and then as opponents. Yeah. So it's, it's wild. But yeah. So, like, basically, they, they, you know, they were not happy. Um, you know, they didn't. Do, when is the New Japan the dome show with Akiyama and Nagata? I think it's 2002, right? One four oh two. Yeah the the singles matches in yeah 2002. Yeah, and the the tag yeah the tag is October eighth 2001. So yeah, like a year, almost a year later exactly, um, is when they would make the deal basically to have, you know, to start the Akiyama Nagata storyline, which ended up being like a huge. I mean, they were just all Asian tag champions today. Because, yeah, because they still reference it. That was a huge fucking deal in Japanese wrestling to the mm-hmm. point where they're still referencing it. You know, seventeen years later, just yeah. Really defined both guys' career, I think. But yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> so back to the whole story here, though. Um, so Shinya Hashimoto is not in a great mood. He just uh, he just lost his his spot with New Japan. He, you know, his the big sub brandy one hap- to happen obviously isn't happening. So he has to go out and do it on his own. So he's not in a great mood here, and he just went through the entire, you know, um, uh, Naoya Ogawa feud, where you know. Um, you know, he kind of like made him look like a bitch at points in that feud. I mean, I love that feud, but you know, that very True. first match, he like stomps the shit out of him, and like, yeah. you know, so I feel like he just had this chip on his shoulder. Like, I am going to show that I'm still a badass. I'm gonna, I have to be the ace of this new promotion, and I'm just in a fucking bad mood about all this shit. So he just starts beating the fucking shit out of Omori in this match. I mean, hitting him like as hard as he possibly can with these slaps and these kicks. And, you know, the story goes, Omori thought that Hashimoto was taking liberties with him. He basically called for the match to go home early, far earlier. I mean, this match is not supposed to go six and a half minutes. This was... No. You know, Hashimoto being on the show was a big draw, and having him in his first match... Again, this is his first appearance since leaving New Japan two months ago. That's a big deal for Noah you know, trying to establish themselves here with their first big show. So, yeah, this match was not supposed to go six and a half minutes. Yeah. And it led to a lot of bad feelings on a lot of sides. Um, including- it, it ends up, it's the main reason why Amori uh, 
gets kicked from Noah and yeah. goes to zero one a, a couple of years later. Yeah, I mean, that's which, the, which is, the, yeah, the funniest part is just ends up with him in zero one with the guy who brutalized him. Yeah, but no, it didn't like, oh, if you watch Amori in like 2001, 2002, Noah, he gets shit on a lot. <laughs> and it, he ends up on these like long excursions. Mm-hmm. Um, I just gotta go look at his cage match because I'm curious, like, where the fuck he ends up after this. It, but yeah, it's I mean, like, bizarre. it is bizarre. Um, but back to the point with like, it leads to a lot of bad feelings, like, all around, too. Like, Masawa, it's not like he just blamed Omori, like, he thought. You know, this this apparently led to bad feelings of Hashimoto, and you know maybe a factor as to why the the Hashimoto um, the Sawa singles match never happened. I mean, the biggest factor is probably they just couldn't agree on <laughs> who's taking fuck, the fall. Who's taking the fall exactly? Yeah. But you know, as far as I know, it, like, from what I've heard and read, it definitely soured the Hashimoto uh, the Noah Zero One relationship in general, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, like basically. You know, Hashimoto would end up on the All Japan side of this. You know, not soon after. Yeah. Um, you know, after he they they did, did they did do the crossover on the first Noah main event with um, you know the big Noah New Japan crossover, which which is close. Basically, that's as close to the original concept as you can get, where it's Akiyama and Masawa beating Hashimoto and Nagata. Uh, March second, two thousand one, the very first zero one show. All time great tag match. Yeah, all time great tag match. It's so freaking good. The I kind po- of wish I had watched it. Actually, the, I totally, I should have. The post match uh, is like some legendary shit. You think somebody's about to die? This like, where he like, yells at Masawa, basically. Yeah, they're like, like cussing each other out in Japanese. Like, I think he calls him like basically equivalent of like he says something like Masawa. You're a huge pussy, so fight me. Yeah, essentially, and like you have like all the young boys from Zero One and Noah, because Masawa and Akiyama just come rolling up with like Rikio and Morishima and Kenta and all all these people, and it's it's incredible. I mean, not to not to offend anyone, my language there, but that's the translation I read. Maybe it's just yeah. a 2001 translation, but yeah. Um, it, so basically, you end up with two matches, two tag matches, um, the January 13, 2001 one. That's the one I rewatched. Uh, Misawa and Yoshinari Ogawa against Otsuka and Hashimoto. And, you know, that's from the January 13th Osaka Prefectural Gymnasium show. And, you know, that one is just incredible match because, you know, just the the tension in there and just how, like, you know, how angry everybody seemed. I mean, Otsuka spends the entire opening few minutes disrespecting Ogawa and repeatedly asking for Misawa to come in instead. Yeah. Um, Hashimoto tags in, demands Misawa. Um, Ogawa takes his opportunity to like jump from behind, and Hashimoto does not sell. He basically sells it like a gnat is like lightly touching his his body, and just like slaps him once and just sends him backing. Um, it's it's a great moment. And then finally, when we get the Hashimoto Misawa showdown, like Hashimoto just like kicks and stomps the fucking shit out of a downs Misawa. To the point where, like, the crowd, obviously very partial to Masao and Noah, like, they are booing the living shit out of Hashimoto. Mm-hmm. And it draws it. You know, Ogawa tries to come in, which brings Otsuka in. Um, all the Noah guys clamp on the apron, and the Zero One guys follow onto the apron. It looks like a fucking gang fight because they're all wearing the, like, their promotion colors. It looks like a gang fight's going to break out. Actually, the Noah guys are wearing red for some reason. But either way, <laughs> it's very obvious who's on whose side. Yeah. Um, and you know, Ogawa, Ogawa did, then like he may, 
when Ogawa faces Hashimoto later, he like manages to get a suplex on Hashimoto only because he like blatantly like gives him a double eye poke, and the crowd is so angry at Hashimoto still, like they all clap and cheer for this. Yeah, they're like cheering it, <laughs> which is bizarre in this like, era. Yeah, yeah, they're like blind them. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I mean, this is this is to me like the number one thing missing um, from Puro nowadays. Like that feeling of like the home team versus the away team invaders uh, in a promotional stuff. I like, feel like you, New Japan almost got it a couple yeah. of years ago when the Noah guys no. came over, and then all that shit went south. Yeah, I mean, there was that one show where like um, I think it was like the G1 Finals or something where Shibata and Go Shiozaki were on opposite sides of the team and they like fucking tried to kill each other and yeah. like the crowd was just rapidly like anti Noah and it's like even though we should all know that Bushi Road owns Noah, you know, and they were booking it like shit at the time to be clear. Um the Noah guys were just so over in New Japan and it was such a like the the crowd basically so wanted that feeling that I just talked about, that home team versus away team feeling that they were willing to completely overlook the fact that they all knew that Bushiroda owns Noah, yeah. and only like the fact that Noah has been booked like shit and no one goes to the shows to boo the shit out of these Noah guys <laughs> at the sumo hall. Yeah. So that should tell you how desperate uh, Japanese wrestling fans are to bring that back. The problem is you just don't have it right now. Like, there's just no, there is no hot interpromotional angle. Uh, no one wants to work with New Japan because why the fuck would you <laughs> after what happened to Noah and even like what happened with DDT? Like, you know. They lost Kota Ibushi, and they almost lost a lot of other guys. But yeah, I mean, like, it's just, I really miss this. I wish, like, we would have, like, some, you know, like, whether it's, like, the we almost got it again with Marafuji uh, in the Champion, Champion Carnival, but, but because the All Japan Noah stuff is so weird, like, it almost felt like, even though you had, like, the Noah banner there and stuff, like, it feels like, well, he, it's a different motion, but, like, it's all sort of the same family, you know, and it's, like, yeah. it just, it's a little weirder. Like I want to see like an all Japan Noah blood feud break out. Yeah, like, I want to see Marafuji just destroy Akiyama with the chair. Like, give yeah, me that. <laughs> like I want to see like just a total like the crowd like want him to fucking get killed. Like there, that was not there, unfortunately. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, so you know, there's like this just total breaking down chaos at the end before Masawa pins Atsuka with the, the Tiger Driver, and the real highlight is the Misawa Hashimoto post match brawl. Which set up a singles match that sadly never came. Never so, happened. Yep. Um, I, mean, that, I mean, realistically, that would have sold out the dome. Yeah. Like, yeah. are you kidding? Like, like they could have, they could have booked that, but if they could have gotten this, these two fuckers to agree on a fall, yes, that would have been the, I dare say, the biggest gate in wrestling in the two thousands. Like, legitimately. Yeah, I mean, look at the gate that Kobashi and Chono did. I know like, those those two guys are, and, and that was like during a period when New Japan was on its way down. And, yeah, you know, I love Chono, but he's not as big of a star as Hashimoto. A- absolutely and, not. And, and, Kob- and I think people liked at this time liked Masawa more than Kobashi. Like yeah. Masawa and Hashimoto in the dome in 01, 02? Yeah. Holy shit! Like that's you're printing money. It's yeah. a, it should be illegal what you're doing. But um, but yeah, so that was uh. And then, you know, that leads into that second tag match we talked about a little bit. But that's it, though. Like, Shinya yep. Hashimoto, that, that's it for Hashimoto and yep. Noah. And he never returns. Yep. You get a little more up. Noah guys in Zero One. Like, Masawa and Rikio actually come and work the, the shooters. They work Ogawa and uh, Murakami. But Marifu- Marifuji works it a little bit, too, right? Yeah, Marifuji works uh, Zero Takaya One. Takaya works, works Noah. 
Yeah. So it, huh? it's it's weird, but Hashimoto is just like hands off with it. Yeah. Like after the the debut show, which is bizarre. Um, but yeah, a couple years later, like January 13th, 2003, he would start with All Japan and he'd eventually won the Triple Crown title in February 2003. So that kind of be where he ends up in that whole split. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that was an interesting period. And so the answer to the, back, all the way back to the question, uh, I think Hashimoto was in a very bad mood that night with Omori and it may have cost him a lot and it definitely cost Omori a lot because he never got into what Omori was doing. So let's say... Um, after December 23rd, 2000, Omori is in Noah for uh, a while. Uh, yeah, he's, no, he's around for a while. He just gets shit on. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, he's getting, he's losing singles matches like Daisuke Ikeda. Yeah. You know, uh, basically all sorts of, taking all sorts of falls. And he's still there into, what the fuck is this? I know he goes on excursion at some point, and that's like where he end, where his time there pretty much ends. So in 2002, he's still there. Yeah, it looks like the excursion happens June of 2002. So he's there for a while, and then all of a sudden he's he's on an episode of Impact, losing to Ken Shamrock by DQ in a NWA title match, the, the fourth TNA pay-per-view of July 2002. And he's in WLW for a long time. He shows up in Ring of Honor to beat uh, Sony, Sony Siaki. Uh, it's September a weird 24th. time for wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> but then when he gets back to Japan, here's the key, he, that's it for him and Noah. Uh, when he gets back to Japan, he's in March 2003. He's in World Japan, which you know that was uh, that was basically Ricky Church's promotion when he left New Japan and best promotion of all time. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I've never I've never really seen it. Is it is I haven't it? either. <laughs> okay, I was like, you you never know with people. It's like people have some really weird. Uh, yeah, I've never seen a single bit of World Japan. I mean, I'd sit here and lie. I probably I'm, haven't seen yeah. maybe a couple of matches, but nothing to really sway my taste. Yeah, it was not. It's not a thing that was like, well, I got to see some World Japan. Someone's gonna reply and be like, "What are you fucking pleb what do you talking mean about?" Never seen World Japan in two thousand four had the greatest match ever. You have cho- yeah, well, whatever. World Japan <laughs> was the peak of the human condition. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, zero. Then he shows up at zero one two thousand four. And that'd basically be where he is for the, the next, like, I don't know. like Long time. So like he goes back to all years. Japan pretty yeah. much. <laughs> he goes, he's in 0104 through... Oh, wow. He, where, 2009, he's in a weird... Just appears all over. Looks like about 04 through 09 is a regular. Yeah. But he... I mean, he made appearances there all up till 2016. Yeah. So. No, he he's still over. But that 04 to 09 run where he's a regular, Omori is all and that's the peak of his career. He is incredible in zero one. He has like a blood feud with Takayama that's really good. Like uh, I know this is a Noah episode, but go check that shit out. <laughs> yeah. I mean he was uh that's when he's like AWA world champion three times and that was his what that was their t- their top title. Um, you know, he just he was a he was the big ace of zero one at the time, that's pretty clear. But yeah, so that's basically Noah's 2000, and I guess we just talked about one match from 2001 also, but that was very early on. Um, and so it's definitely some good stuff there, definitely worth checking out. But I would say, you know, if you're going to pick anything to watch, like, immediately, it's those two Kobashi Akiyama matches. I mean, those are, like, much must-watch. And then the, you know, into the into January 2001, definitely watch that tag uh, with, with Misawa and Hashimoto. And watch the tag from the first night too. Uh, that was a really good tag match. Um, Two thousand one, a big de- a big deal is that Kobashi. Um, you know, this is 
Well, no, he's there for a while longer. The the Kobashi injury, that's basically where he's going to start missing some time. Um, let's see. Oh, he's actually there 2002. What am I talking about? There's a gap here somewhere. No, Kobashi it comes back. Yeah, okay, back. the gap is a 1-2-2. Okay. Yeah. So, so Kobashi, the, the, his final night is um, January 18th, 2001. And it's a Wave versus Burning series. The third match with Tawa and Kobashi defeating Masao and Marafuji at Corican Hall. That is his last match for over a year. Um, so he is out for from January 18th till February 17th. And that ends up being like a one-night return. And he's out again for another five months yep. until July 5th. And that's when he's finally back like for good. Yeah, so, no, Kobashi misses a lot of time it's it's a miracle he came back better than ever weirdly enough because he misses like 17 months he he works one match in like a 17 month span yeah so he was gone for a while so this is where it really becomes the masawa akiyama show yep um early in takiyama too it starts becoming a big deal yeah so they start bringing him in a lot more yeah um, earlier one, you have the that started the GHC heavyweight title tournament, which gets uh, spread out over a lot of shows. Uh, March 18th is the very first one in different Ariake, where Masawa beats beats Akatoshi, Akatoshi Saito on uh, the very first first round match. Uh, Jan- March 21st in uh, Kanagawa, you have Ogawa defeating Masao Inoue. Um, March 22nd in Korokin, Takayama beats Jun Izmita, and the final first round match is the main event in Kyoto on March 25th, where Vader beats Akira Tawe. Oh, wait, no, there's more. There's eight first round matches. What am I talking about? Yeah, it's been uh, sick. March, March 29th in Kagoshima, Ikeda defeats Timon Honda. Timon Honda, he does not really become the, because I know he's a favorite of people, um, from Noah in this period. To me, where he like hits peak Timon Honda isn't still for another couple of years. You can yeah. see like flashes of it here, but as far as like, you know, Olympic Hells like one through fifteen or whatever and all that stuff, like that doesn't start really to like what do you say, like after oh three, maybe? Pro- yeah, probably leading up to the Kobashi title match, but he has an awesome title match with Akiyama that again is yeah, that's hard true. as hell to find online. But yeah. like he he's good and also has an incredible match with uh, Ikeda on one of these O one shows that's absolutely incredible maybe so, the yeah, best can, match so you can see flashes of it here yeah but and it's I not think, like a full time thing till after Kobashi gets back yeah so like when Kobashi comes back and really like takes him under his wing as like his number two guy and yeah. burning like that's when it really takes off so like you know like O two O three um you know they have like a tag title right in there too I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a tag title reign as well. While Kobashi is champ, I believe. I believe Kobashi is a double champion. I think that's right. Um, But we'll see either way, so let's say. Um, Back to the the matches here. March 30th in Kumamoto. Kentaro Shiga defeating Scorpio. Um, Scorpio was in Noah, folks, if you don't know. He was pretty awesome in Noah. Another uh, Gaijin that came over from all Japan. Yeah. Um, April 1st, 2001. Maybe speaking to his lack of a push in the post uh, call for the match to end early um, era. Junakiyama defeats Omori in the first round. So Omori goes out in the first round. Kind of like a great the- match though. Like Omori yeah. has a really good performance in that match. Uh, and then we keep going. Let's see the, 
final first round match for real this time, uh, April 2nd. This was a big one. Takashi Rikio defeating Takashi Morishima. Yeah. So kind of like a step, like a big, big one for Rikio that kind of established him. You know, he's he's Morishima's elder and he kind of gets to establish himself yeah. as a level above. And also has like a legitimate background in sumo. So it's yeah. not like he's coming in like fresh. Uh, April 3rd in Uwajima is the start of the second round the very next day. Takayama beating Kentaro Shiga. April 4th in Okayama. Misawa defeats Ogawa. Uh, April 6th in Ishikawa. Vader beats Ikeda. Um, and then the final second round match is April 8th in Differ Ayake. Junakayama defeats Takashi Riki in only four minutes. Yeah. A lot of the, it's sad too because a, a, a lot of these matches may tape, just a lot of people don't have them anymore. Yeah. Like the, the big resource for a lot of this Noah stuff is Ditch. And pretty much it boils down to if Ditch didn't like the match, it's not on <laughs> Ditch. Uh so like some of these like matches that we look at now are like damn that would be awesome to see are probably totally available somewhere just not easily yeah. accessible slash free. Uh, April 11th, 2001 in Hiroshima is a pretty famous match, Misawa Nakayama. I didn't rewatch this one, but um, I have seen it. I remember the, the double count-out finish in 1335, and they basically said afterwards, you know, this match must have a winner. Yeah. So they restarted it, and about a minute and a half later, um, Misawa gets the win. Do you remember anything from this one specifically? I not for I remember the double count out specifically being like, huh, that's weird. Oh, okay. Oh, Misawa won really fast. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like I don't I didn't see the point in it, but I don't know. I mean the I I think the idea was to to kind of save space for June a little bit, but they really wanted Misawa to be the first champion. Yeah, because definitely Kobashi leaving messed up a lot of plans. Yeah. Like, I think that's very obvious. And, and June will get his one back in pretty definitive fashion. But Yeah. Uh, April 12th in Osaka, uh, Takayama beat Vader by DQ in the other semifinal. Again, and, a match that's not available, but holy shit, does, Akiyama, or does Takayama and Vader in 2001 not sound badass? Yeah, I wish we could say it. Yeah. A match that is available April 15th, Ariake Coliseum. The finals of the GHC Everweight title tournament, Masawa defeating Yoshihiro Takayama in 21-12. Any memories of this one stick out at you? Oh, yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, it's them. So Takayama, I'm sure, again, I'm sure a lot of people know this, but Takayama really hits his like peak in his career from 01, really until about the, or until the end of 04, until he gets put out. Yeah. And it's, God, it's such an incredible run because I mean he's like a legitimate badass. So pretty much after the Pride fight with Don Fry, Takayama gets his whole career resurgence, and it's just something that happens that everybody's like, "Oh, we love Takayama now," and he he works everywhere during this time frame. Like he works Noah in New Japan like full time schedules. Yeah, I mean he was like just all over the fucking place. Yeah, and, you know the. The New Japan run, he would famously be made. Um, no, what was the name of that fucking title? NWF. NWF, yeah. And, you know, Takayama would be, you know, become like basically it was this weird like shooter title almost. Like, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people think of a lot of the shooter stuff from New Japan that period. Um, but like that was kind of like what it was made out to be because it was the title that Antonio Inoki had held back in the day. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, and during that whole run, like, you know, if you look at his years in these periods, like he's working, like, like you said, almost full-time schedules with multiple companies. So not quite in 2001 yet. I'm looking at the thing now. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's 2002 where it hits like real hard yeah. because he, like he works pride and Noah and new Japan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look at 02 and 03, like if you go look at his page on his profile, you'll just see like tons of Noah and new Japan. Yeah. And he did the, he worked the 2002 G1 climax mm-hmm. while still working like a Noah schedule. Yeah. No, he and works three G ones. Like he works 02, 03 and 04. He goes to the G1 final in 02 against Chono. Yep. Uh, loses the final, but then he wins the NWF Heavyweight Title Tournament, beating uh, Fujita and then uh, a guy by the name of Kosaka to win the title. At the same time, he's you know chow- like winning and losing the GHC Heavyweight Title, yeah. as we'll get into, like around the same exact. Like he he wins the GHC Heavyweight Title from Ogawa September seventh in Osaka. He loses it to Masawa September twenty third in Nippon Budokan, and, you know, like, under... And at the same time, he's already in the finals of this NWF thing. Like, August 29th, he won his semifinal, the NWF title, and then January 4th, the Dome, he's beating Kosaka to win the NWF title. So, like, yeah. all in this little period, he's doing all this shit. And then he would go on to win the IWGP title um, from from Yuji Nagata in a pretty famous match for both titles in May 2003. And then he would lose the IWGP title, I believe, to, to Nakamura, right? Yeah, to Nakamura. Yeah. So, you know, it was a pretty crazy period. But. No, it's like, especially like, because when you think of Takayama, like, I'll, like I've read a lot of stuff going back and watching Noah. I've read a lot of the, like, forum oh, he posts. Lost, sorry, really quickly. He lost it to Tenzon. Oh, okay. Yes. I, yeah, because Tenzon lost it to Nakamura. Yeah, the, the Nakamura match, though, is very famous. Yeah, because uh, he lost. So, so November 2003, he loses the IWGP title, but not the NWF title yeah. to Tenzon. Um, and then January 4, 2004, they have the unification match after Nakamura beats Tenzon for the IWGP title, and Nakamura beats Takayama. Yeah. So. Uh, but ta- But a lot of people didn't like Takayama during this time. Like they were like he's slow, he's plodding, uh, he he shows up everywhere. Like I was reading some forum post today about his uh, 2003 New Japan run, and everybody was like, "Get the title off of Takayama! Like, he, <laughs> he sucks. Give it back to Chono, even though Chono can't walk. Give it to Chono." And what, it, it, what was what was the big what was a big turning point? I think is um, the GHC heavyweight title match with Kobashi. Yeah, um, which is again outside the scope of this episode, but very quickly, in April 2004, they have like such a fucking classic that I feel like after that, that's when the Takayama stock starts to rise with like the, the Western, uh, you know, internet fans at the time. Yeah, for sure. You can see that in like just going through reading old forum posts from all various old forums in the early 2000s. Like it, it was that match that people were like, huh, this Takayama guy's pretty cool. He threw, <laughs> he threw fucking potatoes at kobashi that was awesome yeah that's a really really well remembered match from yeah. that legendary kobashi reign and we'll talk about it next time but at the same time suzuki and takayama have a pretty cool a, a pretty well regarded iwgp tag title ring yep so i think that's also a big part of it yeah and takayama has a great run in the 2004 g1 until i you know he gets injured and misses a, a year and a half two years yeah. so but but anyway so Back to 2001 Noah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Talking got, about got... the 2014 one. Back to 2001 Noah. <laughs> uh, so Masawa beats Takayama in that final. 
He has his first defense in May 18th of 2001 against uh, Tawei. I don't remember that being anything that special. I, I really like that match, but I'm also like the biggest Tao supporter on the internet. Like I'll I'll support that man to my death. My dying words will be go watch Akira Tawe. Uh yeah, I, I really like that match. It it's it's really like you can tell watching early Noah, but Tawe takes a step back from everything. He's like, I want to take it easy. I'm big, whatever. Fuck all y'all. But like when he turns it on, it's incredible. And uh, this is one of those examples where he has a, a really great match with Masamba, I think. Okay, cool. I have to go back and watch it because I don't remember like loving it that much. So, um, but it's been a long time since I've seen it, though. Yeah. So this is also around the time the we get our second title in Noah, the GHC Junior Heavyweight Title. I'm not going to read all these matches because most of these guys aren't even around. But I do find it really funny that Kenta, the future Kenta, all caps at this point, still Kenta Kobayashi, he loses the very first first round match to a guy named Pathfinder. Like it would Pathfinder, not one word. Like his first name is Path, his second name is Finder. He's Mister Finder. That's good but, shit, though. But yeah, he's a, he's apparently a luchador. Um, his most famous name is Oz with two Z's. He also goes by Dark Oz, uh, Angel Del Mysterio, and Ray Dragon. So there you go. He won a first round match over Kenta, the future Kenta, still at this point. Yeah, I always forget how long he stayed Kobayashi for. He's it's Kobayashi for like the first year of Noah. But Pathfinder would go out in uh, the second round, the hand of Kanemaru. So all the Pathfinder super fans, unfortunately, did not get to see him win the junior title. Which is, um, a lot of people can say Noah's first big booking mistake was not putting the junior title on Pathfinder. <laughs> true. Um, the the semifinals of the tournament had Juventu Guerrero beating Marafuji. For Ariake and Kanemaru beating Kikuchi, and then the finals Kanemaru beating Juventu to become the first champion, a belt he would become synonymous with. Um, and again, if all you know of Kanemaru is like him today, Kanemaru in 2001 was not Kanemaru today. Um, and I'm not even, I'm not a Kanemaru hater today either, but like, I, I mean, I was at one point, but he's gotten, he's gotten better since this junior tag title reign started. But, um, but Kanemaru 2001, like, he was pretty badass. Oh no, he was he's awesome. He's yeah. like especially all of those uh sternest tags yeah. that they have especially with Wave and just other teams like Kenamaru is awesome in them. Like he does like like deep impacts off the guardrail and they look they always look brutal and they're they're really good. So, that brings us to July 27, 2001, uh the very first Noah show at the Budokan, which obviously was the very first um, you know, this is the building that all Japan was synonymous with, the building that Noah would now become synonymous with over the course of its history. We're talking and... about the match, Yoshinari Ogawa versus Modest Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking yeah. at my spreadsheet. I totally forgot that match happened <laughs> at Ogawa, this show. Ogawa against Michael Modest, yeah. Oh, God, so good. Um, but yeah, so this is a this has a junior every title match with Kanemaru being Donovan Morgan. And it remembers like when like I feel like that whole period, like Modest Morgan and Christopher Daniels were like supposed to be like the big stars of wrestling. It just never happened for any of them. But oh yeah, they were like the the hot shit in wrestling. Like even even if you go back and watch like early Ring of Honor, they're like pushing them as like the dudes. Yeah, and the only one that really worked with was Daniels. So it's interesting. Um, the semi main had No Fear beating Morshima and Rikio before they even had a name yet. Um, they didn't. They were not yet Wild Two, and the main event. The GHC heavyweight title, Junak Yamada beating Masawa in 24-11. Um, 
First of all, Jun Nakayama being ringside with Akiyama. I totally forgot because I, I rewatched this match. Uh, Yuji Nagata, I mean, being ringside with Jun Nakayama. That was so badass. Oh, yeah. It's I totally awesome. forgot that happened because he just walks out in the suit, like walks out behind him. And it's just like this awesome, like interpromotional, like BFF thing they had going on. Mm-hmm. And as you'll see, especially next year when they would have their match, like the Noah fans really hate Yuji Nagata and they really hate like, all things New Japan. So, yeah. like, having nagata basically be akiyama's buddy you know really was like a like put him over as a top heel even more so that was really cool yeah and um, it's so weird too because they have very similar careers despite never interacting until like the dome show in 2000 yeah like like it, it's bizarre how like i don't know similar their careers were up to that point um this is another match that i absolutely loved um you know i didn't quite like it as much as ikobachi Akiyama matches from 2000, but this was uh, still a really, really great main event. And again, it has one of those really definitive finishing finishing yeah. sequences where um, you know, June chokes him out with the front neck lock, decides he's that's not good enough. He wants to actually pin the fucker, so he picks him up. He does that awesome, awesome like sheer drop exploder, or like I think he also would call it like exploder suplex 98 variant, where he just like somehow throws him onto his neck even worse. Yeah, <laughs> and that only gets a two count. And then he finally just like, you know, again, the solid does not fight back or anything. He just finishes him off with a wrist clutch exploder. That gets the three. It just felt like so final. So such like a, you know, a statement win for Akiyama. It just felt like the was totally destroyed away. You know, you know, no one in New Japan is totally destroyed nowadays. So this was great. And, you know, I, I really loved the, the Akiyama Kobashi handshake too at the end because Kobashi was here on commentary. And they have this like brief little stare down and shake hands. And the idea is basically like we're setting tension for the inevitable singles match. I, I guarantee you, if you were watching, um, you know, if you're watching Noah at the time, you probably thought for sure Akiyama was going to hold the title till Kobashi came back. I mean, <laughs> some would argue that's what should have happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by the time they, it, it sort of worked out because by the time they finally did run that match, like I remember in 2004, and this that was when I really was watching, like you know the stuff as it happened. Like 2004 on the internet, Kobashi Akiyama felt like the biggest fucking match you could possibly do. You know, like Kobashi Akiyama by the time it happened that dome, it felt like the fucking match. And Noah so, had built it up for like the whole year. Like they yeah. started advertising it in January that it yeah. was happening. And you know it was very clear. And they just basically you're talking like a three year build. And by the time he got here. And, you know, maybe you could argue with, like, well, maybe they should have had June hold the title till Kobashi beat, could beat him for it. But the way it worked out, like, it was Akiyama as, like, you know, the entire internet thought Akiyama was winning that match. Yeah. Like, I cannot stress enough. It sounds weird now because Kobashi, you know, he still had a great reign after that. He went on for a while as champion. But, like, there was no doubt in anyone's mind leading up to that match that June was winning. Like, that was just the consensus. And some would um, argue that he should have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, again, fair. But, like, it was consensus June was winning that match. It was consensus that this was the match. So the way that worked out, I totally get it. But, um, you know, as far as that camera not winning, winning or not, yeah. that's a different thing. I mean, I, they wanted to elevate a new guy with the win, but I just think they, There was a lot of drop balls in yeah. Noah. Let's just, let's just put it as is. <laughs> they wanted to make a guy, but they really – they did not – they wanted to make a guy, and his name was Mitsuharu Masala. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, this this match, though, this result 
like this was a big deal. Like this felt like oh, yeah. the crowning for Junot Gamma. And, you know, the crowd was super into it. And, you know, they, they but then it felt like the wind really went out of everybody's sails in June 1, but in like a good way. So, yeah, I love this match and I thought it was awesome. Do you have any thoughts on this match? Oh, I mean, I mean, you've pretty much, you know, nailed the head <laughs> on my coffin. It's, uh, it's, it's a great match and it really does feel like Akiyama's like crowning achievement. Like, okay, Akiyama's for real. This isn't just some experiment. Like, you know, second champion in promotion history beats the ace at the time. Uh, it, it's just so. I think it's really so important to like pro wrestling history as a whole, like Akiyama getting this chance and like Misawa one, you know, good booking thing he did do in early Noah was go all in on Akiyama. And I think it paid dividends. Now how Akiyama dropped the title and all that stuff, you know, we can get into later and talk about all day, but I think it was a very smart move to have Akiyama beat Masawa for it. Now, should it have happened in the tournament final? I don't know. Who's to say? But <laughs> I'm okay with Masawa winning the tournament, but um, especially since... They I am too. He was the Ak- ace of the promotion. Yeah. yeah, They went to Akiyama so fast, and I almost felt like it made it... Because it wouldn't have been the final... Well, I guess you could have redone the tournament, but, you know, <laughs> I, I think it's... I, I, I don't mind this, the way it worked. There are a lot of other decisions that I would have done differently, but I don't mind the way they did this. No, no, absolutely not. Um, so we get the first defense with Akiyama being Timon Honda, which you mentioned earlier was a really good match. Yeah. If you can September find 4th. it, watch it. Uh, also has Ken, a Kanemaru Jr. title defense. Uh, Scan the rest of the one here. Then we, we get into the, the GHC heavyweight tag team title tournament. Um, uh, finally in October, 2001, um, not, don't really feel the need to go over every single team. Although a big thing to me was Morshim and Ricky are going out in the first round. Uh, they lost to Donovan Morgan and Michael Modest. Um, and, and then you had some zero one participation with Otani coming into team with Omori. Otani and Noah is so freaking good. I cannot. Well, Otani anywhere is really freaking good, but Otani and Noah specifically is really, really freaking good. <laughs> um, it looks like, yeah, the way this worked is there are some teams that got a buy. So Masawa and Ogawa beat Otani and Omori after getting a buy, and uh, Akitoshi Saito and Junakiyama beat Morgan and Mots after getting a buy. Um, we eventually ended up with a final round, a final match of Scorpio and Vader defeating Akitoshi Saito and Junakiyama. Yeah, it's a weird ass time for no, like Scorpio and Vader becoming tag champs. Yeah, they were the first ever no GHC heavyweight tag team champions. Yeah, this also has the first junior heavyweight title change on the same show where um, Tatsuhiro Takaiwa comes in from zero one to beat Kanemaru. That might be the famous one where he like. Gives him like the death eye driver off the top rope, I think, and like looks like he almost kills him. Yeah. I could be thinking of a different match. I'm pretty sure it's that one. It could so. be. There's a lot of moments like that in early Noah where you're like, oh shit, <laughs> why did you do that? <laughs> um, so Takara gets a defense in against Kikuchi. Um, Misawa and Ogawa beat Scorpio and Beta for the GHC heavyweight tag titles in their very first defense, uh, November 30th. And just scanning some more results here. You get your first show with three title defenses on. December 9th in Ariake Coliseum with two title changes. Uh, Marafuji beats Takaiwa to become GHC junior champion for the first time. Uh, no Fear, Omori, and Takayama beat Masawa and Ogawa for the tag titles. And Jun Akiyama retains the other way title against Vader. I remember liking that, Akiyama and Vader. I remember that being good. I don't, I, don't rem- I don't remember that one. I know Akiyama and Vader had a match early. 
in 2001 or maybe late in 2000 maybe i don't yeah. i never remember their title match i remember liking it but i don't like remember specific moments from it um and then we get 2002 uh, i'm just going through here let's see nothing not doesn't say anything big or any title matches early on um okay so the big the big title change february so february 17th is a big deal budokan yeah. show um Mayor Fuji beating Juventud Guerrero for the, to keep the junior title. Wild 2, Morishima and Rikio at this point, they have their name and everything. They beat No Fear for to begin their first GHC Heavyweight Tag Title reign. And the main event, a very famous match that, honestly, that when I rewatched the other day, I, I that was, it was even better than I remembered. Um, Junakawa and Yuji Nagata defeating Kenta Kobashi and Mitsuhara Masawa. This was Kobashi's, like, one-night return. Um, you know, he would be out for another five months after this, but he came here and, you know, re- first of all, reformed his famous team at Misawa, um, did a 27 minute long main event. And on top of all that, you get the Akiyama and the Gata team, you know, with Akiyama as champion, a, a pretty famous team. Again, you know, I, this is like coming right after their, their singles match against each other, I believe. Just looking it up real quick. Let's say, yep, it's about yeah, a month like, later. So January yeah. 4th. 2002, when Akiyama successfully defended the GHC Heavyweight title against him, uh, the main event of Wrestling World 2002 at the Tokyo Dome. So a really, really famous match. One of one of my, I love that match. Um, but then they would team up here, uh, you know, in in June, in February 17, 2002. Um, but yeah, this match is fucking awesome. Um, you know, Kobashi basically like there's a, a spot where June gives him a, a dragon screw to the, to the knee that's supposedly so injured and Kobashi just totally fucking no sells it runs him over with the shoulder block with the running shoulder mm-hmm. block. What it's still one of my favorite spots ever. And then he like fucking slaps his knee as if to say, my knee's fine, bitch. What yeah. else he got? Yeah. Like, He's like, I may be gone for a little bit after this, but my knee's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a bluff basically. Yeah. Because, like you said, he's still out for five months after this, and they still work over the knee for the rest of the match. But, like, in that moment, it's just like, my knee is fucking fine. No, you know? it's it's incredible. And not even to mention Kobashi, Kobashi's entrance in this match. Kobashi, to me, has the three best entrances in wrestling history. This match, the return from cancer match, and the final burning and Budokan match. Mm. And But this match, like... It's one of the only wrestling entrances that gets gives me like an emotional reaction, which is really funny considering I watched this match for the first time twelve <laughs> years after the fact. Um, but it, it's it's really cool just to. And then when he when he challenges Masala, it gives me an emotional reaction. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's it's so good. And I be, I believe it's this match, and maybe also the cancer match where Masawa opens the ropes for Kobashi to let Kobashi in. And like this ultimate sign of respect sort of deal. It's it's really cool. It's yeah, it's it's just so cool to see a wrestling crowd like love someone this much. Yeah. Uh like like I know there's guys now in both the US and in Japan and everywhere that are like super over, but I don't feel like anybody's Kobashi over, as weird as that sounds. <laughs> you know, it makes I, I totally agree. Yeah. Um so the, there's the, the big Kobashi and the Gata showdown. The crowd was so, like, pop, like palpably excited for that showdown. Like, you could just feel it yeah. watching on TV. Um, and Yuji basically slaps Kobashi and tells him to bring it. And both times, Kobashi gives this amazing face, like, I will, you motherfucker. Yeah. And then he just starts just fucking 
killing him with these chops, like destroying him. And that buildup of, you know, the Nagata slap and the Kobashi, I'm going to bring it, like face, before he finally does that. Like, that's just such a perfect build. Per- absolutely perfection. No, it's um, it's incre- it's incredible. Every interaction in this match means something, even the like the least important one, which is Masawa Nagata. Which is weird to say that that's the least important interaction <laughs> in the match, but it's true. Uh, it, like everyone brings it in this match. It's it's uh it's just a hell of a match. It's, it's I mean this good. this is where I tweeted out from right after that Kobashi segment uh, with Nagata, where I was going to come on the air at Omakaze and be like, breaking news. The Kenta Kobashi guy was really good. Yeah, like, like <laughs> who would have thought? This dude was a pretty okay wrestler. Um, <laughs> it's uh, God. It's it's a it's a special match. I I try not to throw that around too much because yeah. you know I, I am seen as like the high star rating guy, whatever. But it's it's truly a special match that ev- everybody into wrestling needs to watch. I should mention too. Um, every single match we talked about today is on YouTube, so it's not yeah. not hard not hard to find at all. Just search for the guys' names, and you'll be yep. able to find them. Um, but yeah, so Kovashi, like at this point, he gives Nagata like such a thorough ass kicking that by the time Nagata like just starts kicking him in the knee, you can't even really get mad at him. Or just like, I would probably kick the dude in the knee too. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd be pissed <laughs> off too. I totally get you. Yuji. Yeah, I mean, like that—that's like the last thing you have to do, really. And you know, the other note I made here is like when Masawa did like one of his very slow like roaring elbows that got the crowd going crazy. It's like everybody talks about how the rock got the crowd crowds worldwide to pop for, you know, his stupid people's elbow, but Masawa got the crowds to pop. At least rock had to fall down for that. Yeah. Masawa got crowds everywhere to pop for doing a slow half spin in place, a slow twirl. Yeah, Masawa is truly the greatest worker of all time. And it's not even like a super fast one, like a Chris hero. It's he like he's playing ring around the <laughs> He's playing ring around the rosy and like turns around. It's so good. Every crowd, time I see it, I laugh. His entire crowd is like he's slowly rotating. Yeah. <laughs> you know that means he means business now. Yeah, everybody's like, "Oh shit, that's the slowest <laughs> I've ever seen him go." Whoa, it's a oh, god. It's so good. Yeah. And it's funny too because I'm making fun of it. I eat that shit up. I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah." Here we go. At home, it's like, yeah, rotate. Yeah. <laughs> I do it in, you know, in the same speed as him. Like, I I stand up and rotate with it look, him. It looks awesome somehow. I don't even know how. Yeah, it still looks really <laughs> good, and I never get it, but it, um, it does. I mean, it's a man slowly spinning and spinning in place. <laughs> you think it would look that good. Nothing in a, in a bubble set makes wrestling sound more stupid than yeah. So like one of the best wrestlers ever, he rotates really slowly and just hits this elbow, and everybody loses their shit every time, and yeah, nobody no, really no. knows why. The thing, you, the thing you're supposed to say, he slowly rotates and throws a little elbow, and it's great. Okay, yeah. it's fantastic. We all love it. He does it <laughs> ten times a match, and we all love it. Um, but yeah, so like that at the end of the match, it just kind of just evolves in like this total fucking spot fast and it rolls. Um, there's one point where like June and Yuji Nagata are both on either side of Kobashi and he like valiantly tries to fight them both off, like throwing a chop to each guy's neck, like turning. He's like in Streets of Rage or something with like two bad guys on either side of him. He's like, I'm gonna hit you and you and you and you. Yeah. And just keeps trying to hit them both. Um, but they just like, calmly like murder him with like a Yuji flying kick and a June exploder. But Kobachi kicks out at one because he's Kenta Kobachi. 
Fighting and, spirit, baby. You <laughs> gotta love spirit. it. But then June just hits the response exploder and gets the pet. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you know, I've talked a lot about comparing Noah to current New Japan, but again, if anything is missing from current New Japan, other than like the stuff we talked about with the outsiders and the the more decisive finishes, there is nothing in the current New Japan when it comes to high level tag matches that can touch this. Oh, absolutely. Like, you no. do not get these high-level tag team matches with main eventers anywhere close to this level. I mean, this was, you know, like you said, a, a five-star match. Like, I had no doubt this was five stars after it was over. And again, speaking of, like, Dave Meltzer's star inflation, he only he apparently only gave this four and a half um, when it when five it happened. And a half today. Yeah, when it happened. He would give it five and a half today for sure. Yeah. And, it's, you know, it's better than most of the matches he's given five plus to. Yeah. So. Uh, it's weird, too, because you mentioned New Japan not being able to do those uh, big tag matches with the big names. Do you remember a couple years ago, the period where, like, at the last show in December before they went off, before Wrestle Kingdom, they would pair off the two big Wrestle Kingdom matches and do a tag team match? Yeah. Because I feel like that's the only thing that New Japan's been able to do that's even close to this level. Yeah. Just because of the talent involved. Like, I'm pretty sure there was like a Naito and Tanahashi versus Nakamura and Okada tag match. That was great uh, a couple years back. But then, like, nothing now compares to it. Like, what are you going to do? Throw the Bucks against. I mean, the Bucks Bucks and the Golden Lovers is the only thing that you could maybe even. You know, put close, uh, the, even close, yeah. and even then, I think that's a stretch. And I, I yeah. really enjoy the Bucks lovers match, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just not the same thing. No, so, absolutely. Like, like not. you, you need like the, this to me is if you have um, know, Okada and Ishii on one team, and like uh, Naito and Evil and Naito Sonata, or Kenny and Kota, and just let them like fucking tear the house down. Yeah. Let them main event like a big show. Yeah, and go, like, like a big, big minutes. show, and go like 25, 30 minutes. And like have a five star level match that just does not happen. No. Like if we're missing anything, that's what we're missing. And you know we definitely... and also fail to mention Kobashi takes the fall in his return match. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which that was a Noah trope basically, where the guy who came back would always lose. Yeah. So which makes sense if you think about it. It's like he's rusty. Yeah. You know? Rusty. No. And wrestling terms, it makes sense. But yeah. as as like a Hollywood story, you're just like, what the fuck is this? This isn't the Cinderella <laughs> ending I expected. <laughs> But yeah, incredible match, and cannot re- recommend that enough. So let's blow through the rest of OT here. I'm looking through at any other major title matches. Uh, April 7, 2002 at Ariake Coliseum. Um, that has Ma- Makoto Hashi defeating Mario Fuji for the junior title, and Ogawa beating Akiyama for the heavyweight title in just four minutes. Uh, that's like the famous cradle f- cradle. Uh, finish so yeah, and it's also awesome. also that show has liger uh jushin liger and minori tanaka versus yep. uh kikuchi, kikuchi and, and kanemaru and that awesome. match is yep. incredible that yeah. that may be like the third best match in noah in 2002 <laughs> and like everything in 2002 noah may tape weirdly enough but it's it's phenomenal <laughs> i mean that was like the, the the junior the start of like the noah new japan junior feud that, yeah. that went on for a while, that was an awesome fucking feud. So yeah, it went on and off for a couple of years, but yeah. uh, it, it it especially every time Liger's in there, because Liger's like getting to the age where he's a little bit grumpy and he's just throwing fucking arms. It's I guess punches would have been the correct word to use there. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> uh, so the junior title gets vacated. I think what happened was Marufuji got injured it for real in that match, and you know Hashi didn't want to win the title that way, so he vacated it and. 
that led into a tournament. And at this point, Kenta is in his gimmick here. And he goes all the way to the finals on the May 26th show, where he loses to Katamaru, which would start a theme for him, honestly, um, and gives Katamaru the junior title for the second time. It also has Ogawa's first defense against Akira Tawe. Uh, that's in Sapporo. Uh, moving through 2002 here. There's a another Akiyama Nagata match um, on July 16th, 2000. Oh, that's the next year. Yeah, well, said that's 2003. Yeah. <laughs> July 16th, 2003, really quickly. Nagata beats Akiyama. This is kind of the end of their story. Um, you know, they would wrestle again in the G1 that year, which I guess is the real end of the story now that I think about it. Where uh-huh. Akiyama beats Yuji Nagata. And they have a 30-minute time limit draw, September 2003, with uh, Tanahashi and Nagata against Akiyama and Rikio. But after that, that's pretty much it. Like, they would not come together after that 2002 tag again until 2003. And, you know, that's kind of the end of... So, I mean, this is like the, you know, the Akiyama and Nagata thing. They, then they would not have another match together until they teamed up in 2010. Yeah. So, pretty much the end of the Akiyama and Because Nagata, Nagata essentially used Akiyama as a stepping stone to get to Kobashi's title before yeah. Akiyama did. So it was kind of like, I mean, obviously all storyline, but a storyline reasoning why yeah. Nagata and Nakayama kind of split off. Uh, but yeah, so going through the rest of 2002 here, um, July 26th, you have Ogawa retaining against Rikio, also Kanemaru beating uh, Takashi Sugera, back in Sugera with the junior heavyweight. Um, this is pretty early on in his career, too. Yeah, it's like because he debuted at the end of 2000, if I'm not mistaken. I think he debuted at that December 23rd show. If not, it, he debuted after the first Noah show, but before the last Noah show of 2000. So, yeah. And then September, you have the big, the two big, uh, two big shows. First, September 7th in Osaka, Navigation Over the Dateline, which is always been one of my favorite tour names. It's, it's a great um, tour name. <laughs> Morishima and Rikio retained the tag titles against Masawa. And Takuma Sano. And the main event, Takayama beats Ogawa for his quickie GHC heavyweight title reign uh, in 1646. And that leads into Great Voyage 2002, September 23rd at Budokan. Um, this has an IWGP junior tag title match when Kikuchi and Kanemaru have taken the IWGP junior tag titles hostage. And this is before the days of the, the NOAA division. So this is the only junior tag title going around in NOAA at the time. And they retain against the New Japan team of El Samurai and uh, Masayuki Narusi. And the semifinal, Akitashi Saito and Jun Akiyama beat Morishima and Rikio to win the tie titles, ending their first and one of their most more famous title reigns. A great, main... a great tag match, too. Yep, great tag match. And the main event, the GFC Everweight title, Misawa defeats Takayama to begin his reign, his second reign as GFC Everweight champion. Which I remember that being quite awesome. In in my opinion, this is the best match in Noah up to Misawa Kobashi two thousand three. This match is like some prime time Takayama ass kicking. It's yeah. it's great. And then like you see Misawa get like a little bit shooty with it too. Like instead of just relying on like butterfly kicks and slow rolling elbows, like it's it's really good. They I mean they stiff the hell out of each other it's if like here's my thing if you like big kicks in wrestling and you like disrespect this is the match for you <laughs> yeah definitely i'm gonna have to rewatch that one because i haven't seen it in a while um and we move in at this point also kenta kovashi has come back as we mentioned earlier yeah. um he's this way he's back full time i like they had him in a singles match here it sort of teases that he's mm-hmm. gonna end up being the guy to beat masawa he beats yeah. mohabit yone but, he, but he's kind of lower on the card. He's working yeah. his way back up, which I really like too. 
yeah, I didn't just immediately get the title shot. Um, the rest of 2002, there's more action with the IWGP Junior Tag Titles with uh, Kikuchi and Kanemaru beating Kenta and Sugera to retain them. Kobashi uh, and Tawei have a singles match that's really, really freaking good. <laughs> oh, which show is that on? Uh, November 24th. Oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, I'm going we're a little further past where I am here, so let's say. Um, there's the GHC Tag Titles, Saito and Akiyama against Kobashi and Kentaro Shiga. Mm-hmm. That's October 19th. And a What's your Kobashi. opinion on Shiga? Um, I think he's good. I like him. I didn't. He's never one of my favorites or anything. Well, a lot I, of people people hate him, right? I actively dis. I don't dislike many wrestlers. Actively dislike him in early Noah. Yeah, I don't hate him or anything. I think he's a he's kind of just a big goofball. Yeah, I, that's one way to put it. <laughs> but I have a soft spot for big goofballs. I, I don't. Sure. I don't. He, he's not a favorite or anything, but like, kinda, I don't have a strong opinion on him. I guess. Yeah, November 24th in uh, Miyagi, that has the Kobashi Akira Tawi match you just mentioned. It also has yet more action with the junior tag titles with Kikuchi and Kanemaru beating Donovan Morgan and Michael Modest. Like, when do they lose those fucking things? <laughs> yeah, they hold them for a while. Oops, I'm just curious. Because I, I, I bet you they lose them in New Japan. So let's see. Uh, if it fucking loads. The, the title reign for... These two fuckers. Oh, wow. It is a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's like August to January. So by the time they finally lose these titles, it is to El Samurai. I'm oh, not El Samurai. What am I talking about? It's to Jushin Liger and Koji Kanemoto. So um, and five months of junior tag title reign in New Japan now would be like, holy shit. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's the deal there. And, you know, they held them for a long time. <laughs> anyway, um, Getting back to what we were talking about here, the we get into the end of the year, uh, December 1st, which has a show with Saito Nakayama being Scorpio and Vader, the first champion to retain the tag titles, Kanemaru being Kenta to retain the junior title for you know, the, the second time there of like 500, same thing like. Yeah. Um, December 7th has Kikuchi and Kanemaru beating Gado and Jado to retain the junior tag titles. Masawa beats Ogawa to retain the heavyweight title. What do you think of that match? Because I've heard people say that wasn't very good. It's definitely on the lower end of GHC heavyweight title matches. Yeah. Like, it's definitely just a match that's there. Yeah, that's like December 7th. And maybe just being in Kanemaru, or uh, in Yokohama, I mean, you know, at the Yokohama Bunker Gymnasium. It's not really a big building or anything. Yeah, that and, like, o- Ogawa, I think, gave a lot to the match, but Masawa's kind of like, eh. whatevs, you yeah. know? And they, the Budokan show, they end up, one of their most ballsy decisions, I don't think it drew that well, but they tried. On January 10th, 2003, they tried to do a tag title match on top with Agyama and Akatoshi, Akatoshi Saito against Masao Tanaka and Shinjiro Otani. Um, that went 23 minutes. And that match is phenomenal. Emblem, one of the most underrated tag teams of all time. Yeah. They say it's 16-3, and they usually say like 18 or something for the Budokan, so it makes you think it was like, probably like you know, 11 or 12 instead of yeah. the normal. I mean, they have a really big semi-main with Akira Tawe and Kenta Kobashi beating Chono and Masawa. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that helped too. Yeah, and, and that tag match, again, rules. Yeah. So early 2003, we're starting to get closer and closer to the boom period of Noah here, yeah. uh, the, the peak Noah. And we're going to end with where where I think the peak area begins. I really. What do you think of the Saito and Akiyama run? I always liked it. 
I, like, before I watched Noah, I didn't really have an opinion on Saito, obviously, because, you know, he spent so much time in Noah. But, like, Saito is incredibly, incredibly underrated, I think. He is a, a, like, great wrestler. Like, I, I, I was talking with somebody the other day, talking about GWE. Talk about somebody that could sneak onto like my top 100 for GWE. Uh, Akitoshi Saito is one of those guys. That's high praise, right? I, I, I mean, to I me, think... he's one of the all time, he's one of my all time favorite, like, um, what's the word? Like, you know, generals, basically. Yeah. Like that number two guy in a, in a unit. I really like him in that role. So maybe, maybe I should be more willing to put him like in a greatest whatsoever, like top 100 discussion. But I think this team at Akama is undoubtedly the peak of his career to me anyway and oh yeah absolutely I really love him as like akiyama's number two like you know side you know uh number two guy in sternness uh, to me that's like peak akiyama and it's peak um you know peak saito so i think that's a really cool team but yeah i really like this team a lot and they had uh J- J- january 24th they beat in a way in tamon honda to retain the tag titles um i was wrong before by the way the junior heavyweight tag title teams does take place in noah uh january 26th Juchin Liger and Koji Kanemoto beat Kikuchi and Kanemaru in Kobe World Hall, actually. Another and, really great match. Yeah, and here's where the different scramble takes place. So this is like the the proto um, GAT Junior Junior Tag Title Division, and at the same time, it's like all these guys from all over in this in this tournament. I'm just gonna read it off because it's such a cool tournament. Yeah. If you've never seen the Differ Cup, the original one, fucking watch it. It's such yeah. a great tournament. It's so, phenomenal. First round, Kudo and Mikami. They defeat, um, obviously, from DDT. They defeat Chocoball, Mukai, and Tetsuhiro Kuroda. I assume they were a WEW team or maybe something else at the time. They were, you know, indie scumballs. Chocoball yeah, yeah. is, is not long for this world because he'd be destroyed by Shima pretty soon after. <laughs> um, and then the you have Takaiwa and Yoshihito Sasaki, I guess representing Zero One, beating Ikuto Hodaka and Masao Orihara, they would be battle arts at this point, right? I would think. Would, would Hidaka still be battle arts? In or 2003? I don't know if it was battle arts. Let me say. Maybe? God, I feel stupid not knowing that off the top of my head, but. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I'm going to check it real quick and see where who was working mostly in 2003. Oh, 2003, you're right. Battle arts would already be pretty much. And he did. He worked there in 04, but not in 03. 03, he worked mostly 01, it looks like. Yeah, 71 matches. So yeah, okay. Anyway, um, so they went out in the first round anyway. Kenta and Kotaro Suzuki defeat um, Great Akelu and Kappa Kazao. No idea where they're from. Let me look this up now. <laughs> this, 2003, they would have been from mostly wrestling. Actually, wait, no. So they were so indie, they're not even in cage match, really. <laughs> like they, have, they have three matches in Wrestling Marvelous Future, which is like a, another FMW offshoot. Um, right? That's, that's what Wrestling Marvelous Future is, I think. I believe so. <laughs> Off yeah. the top of my head, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, they have three matches in that. They have two matches listed here in Noah, which are the Differ Cup. They have two matches in Pro Wrestling Kageki. I have no idea what that even is. And they have one match in 666, which... Yes, for six 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 has been around forever. <laughs> if you didn't I know. don't think I, I didn't know six 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 has been around that long. Yeah, they've been around forever. Holy uh, shit! But yeah, so basically, indie scum guys, and then the final first round match: Ultimo Dragon and Yoshino 
obviously representing Toriyama in Japan. They defeat Grand Naniwa and Jun Kazai. Yes, folks, Jun Kazai mm-hmm. was in his tournament. Yeah. Yeah, Jun Kazai worked a lot of these junior tournaments in like the early yeah. 2000s. He worked Super J Cup in 2004 and had yeah. a, like a really good match with Marafuji. Yeah. So a lot of people won't remember that, but if you can find it, go watch yeah. it. Um, semifinals to Kaiwa and Sasaki defeat Kudo and Mikami. And the other semifinal, I remember this being like the best 12 minute match you'll ever say. Osmo Dragon and Yoshino beat Kenta and Katara Suzuki. Um, and then the next night, you have the third place match. Again, a 